Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag3, whoever he is. Get your quad fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this this is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international over depression. <laughs> Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? You're going to hear words like Christian nationalism, like the new apostolic reformation. These are groups that you should get very uh, schooled on because they have a lot of power in Trump's circle. Listen to me, baby, that's all you got to do. And the one thing that unites all of them, because there's many different groups orbiting Trump, but the thing that unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way, because Christian nationalists is very different, Mm -hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. You are fake news. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. Very fake news. What the f*** is this? The American people are tired of women. I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of retarded. Thank you for your honesty. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Let me ask you something. Are you are you are you gay? Definitely worth checking into. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. I I can't do it. We'll do it live. (laughs) Fuck it, we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best you can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is... The Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. At this point, I'm convinced the rapture is coming before Nikki Haley will ever quit the race, which is actually fine. We need it and deserve it anyway. But man, after yet another defeat, this one more embarrassing than those prior because it was in her home state of South Carolina. Nikki Haley still will not go away. She declared she would not go away before yesterday's vote. After yesterday's vote, she is doubling down on that. She remains determined to lose in all 50 states and she's well on her way. So we will discuss Hopefully briefly, because uh, there's just not that much. To, it's it's as boring as it sounds. Why won't this lady go away? More interestingly, the Fannie Willis story, this just keeps getting better and better. And it's because she keeps lying and lying. On Friday, news broke that lawyers for Trump and his co-defendants, of course, in the Georgia racketeering case under Fannie Willis, they have phone records that contradict what Fannie Willis and her boyfriend, Nathan Wade, have told the court about not being romantically involved prior to uh, his hiring a special prosecutor. Of course, Fannie Willis um, has a few attempted explanations for the phone data. Number one, that places Nathan Wade at her house, or at least in the immediate vicinity of it at odd hours, including overnights. Um, she She has explanations for that. Plus it's not just the geolocation. They had thousands 
of phone calls and text messages in the year prior when they were not romantically involved in any uh-huh. lots of business mm-hmm. matters to discuss. Many. She has supposed explanations for these things, none of which make a lot of sense because they're not true. They're all lies. If she has not committed lies criminally at this point, I don't know what more you have to do. This lady needs to be prosecuted under the RICO law herself, but I won't hold my breath for that. Meanwhile, incredible to watch her deny this. And and, and she will never, she'll go to jail. She'll be in the orange jumpsuit before she'll admit it. Uh, man, it's a rough time to be a female jogger. You know, if, if you can't run in Iowa, you can't run at the University of Georgia. That's what these things have in common. You know, if you're just female jogging around, you're going to get snatched up by some crazy criminal who attacks you and kills you. But there's nothing in common with both of those stories. <laughs> Molly Tivitz and this one at the University of Georgia. The immigration angle has nothing to do with it. It's just... Aggressive men who can't be controlled when they see female joggers. Of course, if that sounds like a roundabout confused way of describing how an illegal immigrant murdered a young woman on the campus of the University of Georgia. Yeah, it is because you have to dig about that deeply into the reporting on the story to actually find that information, which is, of course, totally irrelevant to the story. I mean, it really has nothing to do with it. He's from Athens, don't you know? Uh, Of Athens. What? Jose Ibarra or whatever. Jose Ibarra of Athens. That's how everyone knows. It's just Jose from Athens. Oh, there he is. That's it. That's Jose hanging out in Athens like he usually does. That's why he's called Jose of Athens. (laughs) Plus, we have hoax hate, which will include that supposed deadly anti-trans beating uh, in an Oklahoma high school that really wasn't. And tonight's... More to the story. What a surprise. I, uh, uh, most people are familiar by now. They're they're saying the beating... This uh, particular kid didn't die of trauma, so the beating implicitly is not the cause. What is the cause remains a mystery, though. Could be anything from drugs to another episode of Safe and Effective Gone Wrong, or who knows? Like, what, whatever happened here is a, a genuine mystery. Sounds like this kid just collapsed on the living room floor. Yeah. Tonight's movie review is Back to the Future, so stick around. I'll be curious to see what you have to say about that one. Uh, We'll catch up with your super chats in between topics, of course, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show, because we are no good low down money grabbers. It will be all this and more on your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is Matt Christensen Media dot com. Listener support is hugely appreciated. So if you enjoy the show, please consider Supporting the show. It's what keeps us operational. We also have show merchandise for sale on the site as well. Plus, we have offers from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This month's, this this week's, not this month's, this week's feature business is our friends over at Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing. These are high-quality, handmade, premium hardwood, cutting boards, charcuterie boards, serving trays, and more, all constructed with the materials and craftsmanship to last a lifetime. And the best part about Kineo Mountain's work, it is all customizable, not just the selection of the materials, but the shapes and the colors and in custom engraving too. Blake at Kineo Mountain made me a cutting board engraved with my channel logo and it looks incredible. It's a one of a kind personalized addition to our kitchen that we use nearly every day and it has not aged a bit. 
And don't forget, Kineo Mountain can handle any sort of woodworking, from small table trays to big furniture projects. So if you're looking for a personalized gift for someone special or bigger items to customize your home, make it fine hardwood craftsmanship from Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing, the absolute highest quality woodworking that will last you forever. Check them out at kineowood.com. That's K-I-N-E-O wood.com. And of course, the listeners of this show get 10% off all Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing products and services using promo code MATT10 at checkout. That's promo code MATT10 for 10% off everything from our friends at Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing. You can find everything you need from Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses like Hero Soap Company, Western Razor Company, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more. It's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners for listeners. And don't forget, of course, all three of our signature soaps are also available from Hero Soap Company. You can try Timberline and Old West from yours truly or Oat Plus Almond from Blonde or try all three. Plus, as I mentioned, Hero Soap is also offering shampoo, conditioner, and yes, even cologne now. It's a nice solid cologne without the mess. Promo code MC Listener for 10% off everything at HeroSoapCompany.com. Find more information at MattChristensenMedia.com slash deals as well. All right. One item of housekeeping before we hop into the news. Uh, this week on my Wednesday show, the Matt Christensen Hour over on Tenant Media, I had Michael Cargill, who is a gun shop owner and a handgun instructor in Austin, Texas. He is the guy behind the challenge to the bump stock ban that will be heard at the Supreme Court on Wednesday. And that is quietly a very important case, not just for gun rights, but for property rights and rule of law generally. Of course, as we've discussed on this show, the DOJ and the ATF, back after the Las Vegas shooting, they just banned bump stocks on a whim. Yep. They rewrote federal law uh, to define bump stocks as, as machine guns. They didn't do it through Congress. They just decided to do it themselves. And they told Americans to surrender their property or destroy it under threat of a decade in prison or a quarter million dollar fine. That's what the Supreme Court will be hearing about. So it's not really a Second Amendment case, strictly speaking. It's a process of law case. It's very interesting and important. Again, arguments will be heard Wednesday at the Supreme Court. And of course, you can check out Michael Cargill explaining his perspective on all of that on the Matt Christensen Hour on Tenant Media. You can just head on over to uh, the homepage of my website or the podcast page on my website to find it, mattchristensenmedia.com or, of course, mattis.gay. Mm -hmm. And one thing about the interview that I thought was fascinating, I didn't get a chance to show this to you, but um, Michael Cargill trains a lot of people in in um, for handgun licensure, concealed carry to get a private security licensure, that sort of stuff. He trained a guy who has no arms to shoot how using his feet he can load the mag with his feet he can uh rack the slide with his feet and he can shoot with his feet seriously he must yeah. have real toe dexterity it's in his he has the most hand-like feet i've ever seen it's completely ridiculous and that uh i play that clip after the interview but you can find the the link to that in that uh, episode of the show too all right on to the news uh <laughs> The most probably the most preposterous news segment of the week. Don't you love it when foundational concepts of our country are called extremism or as this woman calls it extremism? I've never heard it pronounced that way. Have you? Yeah, really. And uh, they're just one step away from just being able to say Christians. That's <laughs> what they really want. You know, well, they keep making this distinction. I'm not just I'm not saying all Christians. 
I'm just saying Christian nationalists, these evil Christian nationalists. That's what we're supposed to be worried about. Christian nationalists are supporting Trump. And I guess as far as I've seen, they never really define that term clearly. I think what they mean is people who believe in a close relationship between Christian theology and or the church and government. Okay. Christian ISIS is coming. I think it was it's basically what they mean. Something like that. But I don't know if it comes with the same beheadings or not. Anyway, um, the MSNBC is having they're having this uh, segment, this panel discussion about the dangers of Christian nationalism. And they bring on uh, expert in Christian nationalism, Politico investigative reporter Heidi Prisbilla. And she's talking about all these variations of Christian nationalism who happen to support Trump. But there's one thing they all agree on, this one extreme concept, this kooky, crazy idea that our rights come from God and not government. You're going to hear words like Christian nationalism, Christian nationalism, like the new apostolic reformation. These are groups that you should get very uh, very schooled on because they have a lot of power in Trump's circle. And the one thing that unites all of them, because there's many different groups orbiting Trump, but the thing that unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way, because Christian nationalists is very different, mm-hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. The problem with that is that they are determining man Men, mm-hmm. it is men, yeah, yeah. are determining what God is telling them. And in the past, that so-called natural law is, you know, it's a pillar of Catholicism, for, mm-hmm. Catholicism, for instance. It's been used for good in social justice campaigns. Right. Martin Luther King evoked it in talking about civil rights. But now you have an extremist element of conservative Christians who say that this applies specifically to issues including abortion, gay marriage, and it's going much further than that, as you see, for instance, with the ruling in Alabama this week. This is so stupid. I don't even know where to start. Okay, so acting like hearkening natural law to um, do some some man's immoral bidding is a new phenomenon that that is exclusive to the Christian right. I mean, that's that's so stupid that that has been happening since the dawn of time. Also, is she is she refuting the, the existence of natural law? That sounds like it she sounds like said, she's trying to make an argument. She said this natural so-called law. natural law. Now, I don't know if that means she doesn't believe in it at all or if she doesn't believe in this particular interpretation of it. It sounds like she doesn't believe in it at all. Well, she was saying they believe in what God says, but they are. Um, but it's really just the word of man. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what she was. she's tried to clarify. She She's added uh, on Twitter. There are different wings of Christian nationalism. Um, one, this is in response to a tweet that says, to be fair, she goes on in the interview to mention the role natural law has always played in Catholic thought and its usage during the civil rights movement. We just heard all that. I, to be honest, I don't, if she doesn't mean that there's no such thing as natural law and it's kooky to think that, that your rights preexist government, I don't know what she means by that. Of course, the idea that we all have rights given to us by God, nature, our creator, however you wish to conceptualize that, that is the concept of inalienable rights about which the declaration is written. That's the foundation, the philosophical foundation of our entire country. So if you undo that, I don't, who are you calling extreme? Like you're calling right. our entire country, Thomas Jefferson himself, all the mm-hmm. signatories on the declaration of independence, all extremists, which I suppose they were in their time. That's what made you know, that's why they were uh, living dangerously is because they were viewed as extremists. I, I suppose 
But if you dispute that premise, you dispute the concept of inalienable rights. If you think it's extreme that people think they have rights given to them by God or inherent to their humanity because that has potential for abuse, wait until you see the alternative in which your rights are only what the state or government says they are. Then you'll see abuses. And to her point, like, well, uh, you know, it's very dangerous to say that their human interpretation of God's law should apply to everyone. Now, point granted that man's attempt to implement natural law, God's law, as men, we are imperfect. We don't do that uh, with 100% perfection all the time. That is why the system is designed to minimize the power of the federal government so that all of these states can be in competition applying that law as they see fit and making sure that if one state goes haywire, it doesn't ruin the entire country. If you want to ruin the entire country with bad interpretations of natural law from the top down, try your vision of the federal government, at least what she's implying there. It's... uh. I, I, I'm not trying to I, I, I wish I could give her argument the best case that I could. I just don't understand what she means, if she not means. for yeah. Thomas Jefferson is full of shit. Well, that's clearly it. Mm. Good luck, then. I, I, I can't wait to see uh, Heidi's idea come to fruition. Anyway, uh, that's not the first time we've all been called extremists for believing. It is. I've never thought that before. <laughs> Actually, yeah, you're right. That particular form, it might be the first time. Uh, all right. So the uh, the trial for Hannah Gutierrez Reed, the armorer on the rust set in the Alec Baldwin shooting of a few years ago. she's uh, That trial is underway now. And so she's yeah. making some accusations against Alec Baldwin. That which are I suppose pretty damning and makes her yeah. case seem somewhat sympathetic so she testified on thursday that alec baldwin just straight up failed to take firearm training sessions seriously she said that he was on his phone all the time that he was facetiming with his wife that he was having his assistant take pictures of him for instagram with firearms and stuff um and that he was just not taking training seriously and so she said that she told him he needed more time to practice um, and he was just not having it. And she had some correspondence with, um, Gabrielle pickle, which is the line producer. Is that Tommy's sister? Yeah. Right. Oh wait, that was pickles. Uh, wasn't it? it was the rugrats. Was it plural yeah. in the rugrats? I can't remember. It was pickles. Okay. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, thanks a lot. I forgot what I was saying. Um, oh yeah. So, so she did have this correspondence in an email with the line producer where she was like, he needs to practice more. And the line producer was like, you need to do your other job. Um, and you're not supporting props as much as you need to. You have two jobs. Like you're spending too much time. He's not going to contribute any more time to training exercises. He's done with that. And she, she did like it's supported through text and email evidence that she's like, he needs more practice. He's not taking this seriously. So I am a little bit more sympathetic. She said in one of these emails, this is a very serious job. And since we've started, I've had a lot of days where my job should only be to focus on the guns and everyone's safety. They're working guns on set every day. And those are ultimately going to be a priority because when they're not, that's when dangerous mistakes can happen. This was like days before. The and that's in documented written correspondence. She said that. Yes. Because when, when uh, Gabrielle Pibble messaged her and was like, you're spending too much time on armory stuff, yeah. we're pressuring Alec Baldwin to do too many training exercises. You need to be supporting props. You need to be supporting. You need to be doing this other part of your job. You're spending, you're taking the armory job way too seriously. And she was like, this is a serious job. 
It's, and then this yeah, happened. Unfortunately realized in a serious way. There were two accidental discharges the day before the shooting. And she just said she was overwhelmed by having to perform two jobs. And she requested more days where she could solely focus on being the armor. Yeah. Armorer. Armorer. Yeah. That, that's... that all being said, I'm not um, really understanding how all these live rounds got on site. Yeah. And, so, and I, Although I, I do believe, especially if there's written correspondence to demonstrate it, I mean, I, I believe what she's saying. That's not to say that I think that she's innocent or without any responsibility. Um, How the fuck did these live rounds get on set? Like, that's that's the what I need question. to know. And, and it had to be her because it's not like Alec Baldwin would be bringing live rounds on set. Very unlikely, one would yeah. think. And I remember early in the story, there were accusations that she had gone target shooting with the guns with her friends. I don't know. If I haven't that, heard that one in a while, though. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I know mean, if that's true. That's just what that's they a major screw up. If that's what happened. One way or another, live rounds made their way in. Pretty reasonable to assume that the armorer had something to do with that. Uh, but you know, if if it is true that she saw a lot of recklessness or not not treating firearms seriously and warned about the consequences ahead of time, and Alec Baldwin, as not only an actor but also remember a producer on the set of this, didn't take that seriously, you know, was. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think obviously that this makes her an innocent party necessarily, but I do believe her that Alec Baldwin was not serious about safety on the set. She's not the only person testifying to that effect. Of course, Alec Baldwin is the one who pointed the gun and pulled the trigger. Um, We'll see. I, I doubt. I don't know. We'll see how this works out. If if anyone ends up punished, it's still most likely to be her. Um, And. Uh, but she probably will end up paying the price for this much more likely than Alec Baldwin, I would think. But his trial is not till later in the year because they just brought those charges again. Were these accidental discharges with live rounds? No, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I would assume I would assume be. not. Be, I would assume not because if they were live rounds, that would be such a warning sign of holy cow. How did a live first of all, accidental discharge bad. But how did a live round end up in the gun? It would be such a red flag. Yeah. Then again, though, depending on on where that round hit, you might not know that it was a live round if it was an accidental discharge. Someone I, I, I've had some people explain this stuff to me before, so I might confuse they these terms. They make the same noise, right? You've got dummy rounds, you've got blanks, and you've got live rounds. Right. And, and the dummy rounds have no propellant in them at all. They're just made to look like the cartridge itself, if I understand correctly. The blanks obviously have a, an explosive in there. When you when you shoot the blank, you actually get a, an effect similar to if you fired a live round minus the projectile, if my understanding is correctly. So if they're if they're blanks that are designed to potentially look, sound, feel like a live round without the projectile, then maybe you could discharge those. I guess I don't know. Can you tell when you fire a blank versus when you fire a live round? Would the average person who accidentally discharged one of those know the difference? I guess it depends on a lot of things, including the caliber of know. the cartridge too i I would assume but yeah um bad bad look all around for that set but uh i i certainly believe her story about alec baldwin being very relaxed in his attitude now uh very quietly there was a a massive global study on the effects of a particular injection i'll have to be careful so i don't get raja mohand on this but you know the effects of a particular injection that we were all supposed to take in recent years. And this study has identified an increase, uh, an increased risk of several serious conditions associated with that particular injection. 
Those conditions being neurological blood and heart problems, including myocarditis, pericarditis, Bell's palsy, pulmonary embolism, too, which is very concerning for those of us in the DVT Sufferers Club. Uh, this study looked at 99 million people who took this, uh, of course, particular, well, this, this unidentified injection of no particular specificity. They looked at 99 million people in eight countries. Of course, most of the news coverage will say the risk of developing these conditions as a result of this injection is very low and instances are very rare. But in a surprise turn of events, Chris Cuomo's personal doctor went on his News Nation show to say, yeah, uh, you really shouldn't believe all this downplaying. This is actually pretty bad. It found that there is an extremely rare but increased risk for certain neurological, heart, blood, and brain disorders after taking the vaccine. They looked at, like you said, these 99 million people across 10 sites, eight countries, and they identified these very significant problems that were neurologic, cardiac, cardiac or hematologic uh, issues. But these are problems that with any therapeutic or vaccine that is coming out, you wouldn't want to see these issues, right? Or you wouldn't expect to see these issues. And if you did, you'd want to see them at a low rate. And there were a handful that were flagged that were two to three times higher. They had the expected versus what the observed outcomes would be. And they were two to three times higher. The vaccine, it's downplayed in a lot of ways or the headlines downplay what's happening. And the issue is, is that in our society and in healthcare in general, we always do care about the few or the rare things that happen. We pull in cancer screen, everyone that's 45 years and older in the hundreds of thousands or millions of people that need to get screened because we're worried about the 32 out of every hundred thousand people that get it per year. Hmm. Safe. And it was effective. somewhat honest. Except for when it, why do you say somewhat? What, what would, well, I mean, they aren't uh, talking about the specific problem, which is the massive increase in myo and pericarditis. And then I believe in this study, it only reported there was a 5% increase, which is, I, there's just no way it's that low. Mm. I just don't, I just don't believe that it's that low. But, but the other things were substantial. I think, uh, is it Guillain BR? How do you say that? That sounds right. Where, where you have the uh, paralysis of your face. <laughs> I thought that was Bell's palsy. Oh, am I wrong about this? Well, one of these, it was substantially increased. And then well, didn't I'm you wondering. say the data set was 99 million people? That's what they're claiming. Even if there's a 5% increase uh, in, in an adverse effect in a population like that, that is, that is, that could be tens of thousands, yeah. hundreds of thousands of people. Well, that's the th even if I grant the premise of a lot of the headlines here, that uh, it's very rare, not common, blah, like, okay, fine. Um, but what you're describing is certainly substantial enough that each individual should retain the right to decide if they would rather risk getting this, uh, you know, particular infection that we're all very afraid of. Or risk getting a potentially more serious debilitating condition, even if that risk is very small. The, the fact that we trampled over everyone's decision, everyone's right to make that decision for themselves is uh, a, a disgrace and uh, a massive violation for which there will probably never be justice. But thank you for the information years after the fact. I'm glad you would have been I called know. a kook and chased out of your profession if you suggested such things, I don't know, a handful of years ago. Of years ago, yeah. Uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome. Hmm. It's an autoimmune system, harms your body's nerves, so it causes uh, 
muscle weakness and sometimes paralysis. But I think you're right about Bell's palsy just being facial. Facial. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, they just they just ripped us apart for being conspiracy theorists. And now it's kind of like, okay, it's 2024. You guys started working on this in 2020. You made all sorts of people get this vaccine. And now you're like, oh, well, maybe they had a point. Go fuck yourself. Right? I don't What's the distinction? Has the science evolved once again? Or is there a lot less money to be made in it now? I, I would. Uh, right. Put my, and even people that weren't like, this is going to cause major issues. There were people that were just like, can we wait until some metadata comes out yeah. about this? Until well, we have some more robust trials. And those people weren't even granted the luxury of, of being delayed vaccination uh, or they would be fired. But think of all the lives we saved. You know, it's worth, just it's just so asinine. Worthwhile deal. Think of all the Pfizer investors we saved. They were uh, the important ones. All right. Uh, big story quietly this week as well. Uh, well, we'll see if it's true. CBS is denying it, but I don't really buy their denial. Uh, like many journalistic outlets, CBS News and its parent company, Paramount, they have uh, recently undergone, undergone a law. Uh, three, two, one. Let's try again. Recently undergone a large round of layoffs, which um, perhaps surprisingly included veteran investigative reporter Catherine Herridge. Catherine Herridge has worked on several stories challenging the Biden candidacy and the Biden administration, including the Hunter laptop. She was recently working on stuff involved with um, special counsel Robert Hur's report on Joe Biden's classified document retention and senility in the interviews uh, with uh, special counsel Hur. The controversy isn't just that CBS let Catherine Herridge go, though. It's that they are at least accused of seizing her notes and other documents upon her departure, presumably under the premise that those are CBS property and not hers, although now they're backing off that. But whatever the reason, it it is and would be completely unusual for this to happen. Catherine, Catherine Herridge herself hasn't said much about it other than to post uh a statement from SAG-AFTRA, the union that represents journalists at CBS, condemning the move. Jonathan Turley uh, broke the story, and he writes, it's it's not just a, a property dispute. There are major free speech and journalistic and ethics, uh, journalistic ethics concerns as well. Turley spoke with a former CBS manager who says he's never seen a move like this one, that being seizing all of her documentation when she departs. In past departures, journalists took all of their files with them. On free speech concerns here, there's the question of is CBS trying to suppress any particular information? Herridge, as I mentioned, was working on uh, the Her Report and other Biden critical stories. Is CBS trying to damage that work or slow that work down? But there's also the question of proper treatment for Herridge's sources. Of course, journalists commonly uh, protect source identity in exchange for information, Herridge included. CBS, at least as of now, has all that information. Sources typically give information with the understanding that their identities are, are going to be revealed just to the the journalist with or the reporter with whom they're working, not to the massive corporation behind the whole thing or whoever, you know, the legal department wants to take a look at at their information. C CBS could. The point is, we don't know what they're doing with that documentation. They might have all sorts of random eyes on that now. And so the concern would be that sources are hesitant to provide information in the future or more hesitant right. if they don't believe that their identities will be protected. But there's also concern for Herridge personally. 
because she's been involved in a court case in which she has refused to reveal her sources for an investigative piece she wrote for Fox in 2017 when she was there. Is there some angle here where people who want to know who her source was for a particular story are using this opportunity to seize those files and get that information? Who knows? Oh, yeah, that didn't occur to me. I mentioned um, that CBS is denying this and they, they've issued a statement. They say Catherine's personal belongings were delivered to her home one week ago and we are prepared to pack up the rest of her files immediately on her behalf. So, okay. I mean, even there. They're just backtracking. Her be- Okay. Her belongings were delivered to her home one week ago, prepared to pack up the rest of her files immediately. What are the rest of her files? So, okay. With her representative present as she requested, we are awaiting a response from Catherine and or her representative to do so. We have respected her request to not go through the files. And out of concern for confidential sources, the office she occupied has remained secure since her departure. Maybe they will. So the evidence cited is that they say so. Well, yeah, it's like... uh, that there is an acknowledgement that they have been in possession of her stuff for the week since she was let go. What has been happening? We just, we believe them that it's, don't worry. We got it locked up. Um, and if you had worked out an agreement with Catherine Harridge to deliver her property, why is Catherine Harridge putting out the statement of condemnation from her labor union? Catherine Harridge right. would clarify and say, Oh no, no, I called them for whatever logistical reason, we can't move them now, but they're coming to me soon. She would not voice the concern that SAG after clearly she's not supportive of what CBS is doing. If she's reposting a statement condemning the practice. So I don't know. Uh, did Catherine Harris just forget all this stuff at the office and couldn't be reached. She went on a vacation after she got laid off and couldn't be reached to by CBS to arrange for the delivery of this stuff. Who knows? But uh, we'll see how that gets resolved. Okay. Uh, Another exciting Nikki Haley defeat. This one is kind of exciting because it was in her home state of South Carolina. So there's an added layer of embarrassment, although I'm not sure that she's really capable of being embarrassed anymore. She's not. She's shameless. It, It would appear so. But as expected, Donald Trump easily defeated Nikki Haley in her home state of South Carolina in the primary yesterday. With 99% of the vote in, Donald Trump got nearly 60% of that vote to Nikki Haley's nearly 40%. So about a 20-point margin. It was never close. The race was called immediately after the polls closed. There was no suspense here at all. And Nikki Haley, as she promised earlier in the week, she is not quitting. In her speech last night, she says she is sticking around to lose in all 50 states if she has to. (laughs) And she will. There are huge numbers of voters in our Republican primaries who are saying they want an alternative. I said earlier this week that no matter what happens in South Carolina, I would continue to run for president. I'm a woman of my word. Hmm. So embarrassing. One would assume that she thinks Trump is going to get knocked out for whatever reason, legal health. She thinks he's going to jail. Yeah. Something like that. Um, And she thinks that she's going to, as the leader in delegates other than Trump, she's going to claim that nomination or leverage the delegates. She does have to claim the nomination. I assume that's her thinking or the thinking of her campaign or her people. Cynically though, what does Nikki Haley know? What is Nikki Haley banking on? What is she plotting for? I don't think it's unfair to wonder. In fact, I think we should. 
fair to point out, Nikki Haley underperformed even her own low benchmark, by the way. At the end of January, when it became clear she was not going to come anything close to victory in South Carolina, she said, well, I don't need to um, I don't need to win South Carolina. That's not the goal. What I need to do is build momentum and show that I've improved on my performance from New Hampshire. That's what she no. said on Meet the Press at the end of January. No, you need to win your state. No, what is she talking about? No, it's momentum. It's momentum. That's what's going to convince. Uh, she did not do that. She said, I need to do better than I did in, in New Hampshire. That'll be success. In New Hampshire, she got 43% of the vote. In South Carolina, she got 40% of the vote. So the momentum is not building, but she's still here. Now, And like New Hampshire, there's also the question of to what degree Nikki Haley was boosted by Democrat voters or independents who will never vote for anyone but yeah. Biden in the fall. New Hampshire was a partially open uh, primary. So anybody who was either undeclared or um, Republican in their party registration could vote in New Hampshire. And that meant that lots of Democrats altered their voter registration to vote against Trump. There was that one guy on CNN who was interviewed outside the polling place. Like, yeah, I will never in a million years vote for Nikki Haley in the general, but I'm just here to vote against Trump because I have nothing better to do because my life is very sad. And uh, South Carolina, it's even easier. It is a completely open primary. Anybody can vote in either the Republican or Democrat primary, but you do have to pick one. So Democrats who voted in their primary a few weeks ago, uh, they can't vote in this one. But there's it's not just evidence. We know based on the polling, there's a significant portion of Democrats who did not vote in their own primary and decided to wait for the Republican one just so they can vote against Trump because that's what their life is. It, that is its sole purpose. So uh, the question is, what what was the role of those voters? And at least 5% of one in 20 voters in this Republican primary was a registered Democrat. You might have some questions about 28% independents too. Like are those, what kind of independents are those? 28% independents? Are those like Green Party independents? Or what are we talking about here? Bernie Sanders independents? People on the right have kind of stopped calling themselves independents. I think that I think I bet 90 percent of those are Democrats. You you wonder. And the fact that not the fact that one out of 20 people who even showed up to vote is a Democrat. OK, so the, you can assume almost every single one of that five percent. That's that's a Nikki Haley voter. Those are not Donald Trump voters. That's a plus five for Nikki Haley right there. Yeah. 28% were independents. And guess what? Nikki Haley won those independents uh, 60-40. So the question is, are those independents, are they are they just open-minded, middle-of-the-road people who could be persuaded to vote for Trump? Or are they two left-wing ideologues who are just here to hate Trump because there's nothing better to do on a Saturday? In fact, that's... I know that's a rhetorical question, but they're obviously left-wing yeah. ideologues. Yeah. I mean, who hasn't picked a side at this point? It, it the, This has been marked on their calendar for months and months. It's not just something to do on a Saturday. They've been waiting for it. For There are five people in this country that are currently undecided that will <laughs> yeah, vote maybe. for Trump, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So do you notice a clear overlap here? You got um, 22. So this is this is a little bit different. This is um, exit polling from the Washington Post. This is saying 22% of those voters were independents. Um, the, the exit polling from CBS says it's a little bit higher, 28%. But we'll say something about a quarter of those who showed up to vote are independents. Well, that matches very closely 
with those who showed up to vote despite describing themselves as moderate or liberal in their ideology. 23%. So if you combine those who showed up identifying as Democrat or independent and look at how that overlaps with people who describe themselves as moderate or liberal, it appears to be a very tight overlap. Like these are the same people. So are these self-identified liberals who, according to this, it's like a quarter of the vote, a yeah. quarter of the vo- potentially up to like 25% of the, of Nikki Haley's 40%, not 25% of the 40%, 25%. So like the majority of her vote potentially could be Democrats and leftist independents. It's probably not that extreme, but it's a lot. The fact that this even looked remotely air quotes competitive, though it wasn't, is in large part boosted by left-wing people who have been waiting just to vote against Trump because that's all they want to do. Man, they're so hateful. And, and God, you, got a thing, you got a thing to learn from them. They're really devoted. <laughs> they <laughs> are really devoted. They, they, like, uh, I won't even get out and vote for somebody that I like. Well, you, you yeah. got kids to take care of and stuff. These, a lot of these people don't have that. They, uh, they've that's wasted true. their Some time with them. other things. I don't know, man. So, They've got something on the left that we don't have. Uh, I no, I disagree. What the hell do they have that we don't have other than uh, a enduring a, a, spite and endless amounts of time? And they seem to have a, a, a pretty good grip on power, too. I mean, I guess I got to agree with that. But yeah. um, but so the, the the narrative, once again, as it was in New Hampshire coming in, coming out of South Carolina, well, Trump did poorly with independence. That's going to be big trouble. Going into the uh, November election, he did poorly with independence. Okay, but what kind of independents are we talking about who are showing up to vote in these primaries? Are they actually people that Trump could persuade in November, or are they, in fact, left-wing ideologues who have nothing better to do on that Saturday? And I'm not saying it's all of one or the other. I just think there are a lot of people cloaked as independents fueling this narrative. Oh, Trump will never, Trump, Trump has trouble with independence. No, he has trouble with people who will never vote for him in a million years and are here because that is their life's yeah, mission. He understands that too. He, he understands that the time for him to sway people into the Trump camp is over and then he needs to be appealing to his existing base. And that's what he's doing. Yeah. So that's going to be the narrative. Uh, he, he can't, he can't persuade the independents. He can't persuade them. Um, some people might say that that entire premise is bunk because the idea that we're going to persuade independents in an actually free and fair election is hilarious. Wait until November to find out exactly how free and fair it turns out to be. It's going to be um, the freest and the fairest. Yeah. It's going to break the prior record. Funny. There are going to be 370 million votes yeah. for Biden. Yeah. He's more popular now after people have seen his his working for or not working for the last four years. Uh, if you are so excited by these South Carolina results, get ready because there's more. It's uh, I think. Well, I just wrote this in the notes. I didn't actually check it. Michigan is Tuesday, right? Double check me on that. Mm-hmm. I think I think next up is Michigan on Tuesday. And then you got Super Tuesday uh, a week from Tuesday. That's March 5th. Geez, already. Yeah. And none of that really matters because Nikki Haley's not winning a single state. The only question is how Trump's legal cases are going to play out. Uh, And there is rolling into um, Super Tuesday. There's this question about. uh, Well, there's a the only question left to be determined, then, is what's going to happen with the Supreme Court decision on ballot eligibility? Recall the Supreme Court just heard those arguments a couple of weeks ago from Colorado. Now, Colorado and Maine, both states where 
In Colorado, it was the state Supreme Court. In Maine, it was the Secretary of State. But they disqualified Trump from the ballot. And then Trump was put back on the ballot in Colorado's case because they stayed their own decision. And in Maine's case, because there was something decided against the Secretary of State. I can't remember. So as it stands right now, Trump's on the ballot in those states. But if the Supreme Court pulled some insanely unexpected move where they affirmed Colorado and said, yeah, Trump's an insurrectionist, so he's not on the ballot. Congratulations. Then I guess that could really screw up Super Tuesday. But won't even, happen. even Jumanji Brown Jackson is like, this is a bunch of bullshit, you guys. She, yeah. Even she saw through it when you listen to those arguments. So I think uh, we're going to get a Supreme Court decision before March 5th, I would assume. And they're going to say this is a bunch of nonsense and dismiss that. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Well, kind of in an awkward spot here because I got quarter tell the hour and a lot to say about Fanny Willis. But let's uh, let's do it because yeah. nobody has texted me about feeding the babies. Okay, then it's a good time to discuss the latest in Fanny Gate, which uh, I guess is a pun, but that's also her name. And it's all about Fanny. Oh yeah, Fanny. I won't call her that. That's I hate happening. that. But uh, I the, when I when this story first came, the first video I did on this, there was some. I was trying to think of some creative Fanny's Fanny joke, and that's all I could come up with. Is like, oh, it's you know, he's here for Fanny's Fanny. There's something better than that. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> but with each passing week, it is looking more and more like disqualification from the Trump racketeering case will be the least of Fannie Willis's worries because it looks like she's actually involved in a criminal racket herself of defrauding the taxpayer. And uh, or, or at least she's a perjurer, as is Nathan Wade, based on her and his testimony and repeated lies to the court. Now, more realist like I, she should be prosecuted at this point more realistically she's not going to be and she's going to get away with it because that's how not systemically racist our system actually is it's totally fine ah you got the right skin tone you can lie all you want we're never going to hold you accountable for that you can steal taxpayer money all you want no problem hope you had a fun time in your caribbean cruise or wherever the hell else they went napa wine tasting six hundred thousand dollars yeah yeah at least it's like 650 plus to nathan wade go on that vacation now it's it, they i'm sure they got a lot more vacations coming up now if you have missed the scandal up to this point brief summary fanny willis of course the the district attorney in atlanta she hires a guy who has absolutely no experience as a prosecutor curiously to be the special prosecutor to handle this high-profile Trump case pays him, as we said, about $650,000 plus. And it turns out that this guy, Nathan Wade, is uh, Fannie Willis's secret boyfriend who's actually a married man, or at least he was, until he filed for divorce the day after Fannie Willis hired him. But that, too, is just a coincidence. Nothing to see here. So to simplify the scandal, no, it's not about whether these two banged in Napa Valley or something like that. It's not a, a Jerry Springer thing. It would appear that Fannie Willis just laundered taxpayer money through her boyfriend so it would come back to her in the form of fancy vacations and other luxuries. That's the scandal. Jeez. So far, Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade have claimed they had no romantic relationship before he was hired for the job in November of 2021. They're, they're saying, no, no, he didn't, he didn't get the job because he was her boyfriend. He became her boyfriend because he got the job. Their romance blossomed after he became the special prosecutor against Trump. He just, she became, or he became so attractive to her 
on that basis that he was well, just... she is super hot so but she showed up for that hearing without a bra it's like jesus okay backwards dress yeah i saw that was that conclusively proven yeah it was on backward yeah it was on backward. <laughs> okay so the problem for Nathan Wade and Fanny Willis's claim that they had no romantic relationship prior to his hiring is that there were several witnesses who testified to the contrary. These are personal friends or colleagues of theirs who said, no, no, they had a romantic relationship pretty much from the second they met at a conference in 2019. So not just before he was hired as special prosecutor, way, 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 way before Fanny Willis was even the DA herself. In fact, there's even more evidence that Nathan Wade was closely involved in her um, transition into that office, which we'll get to in a moment. But maybe you think, oh, those witnesses, they're all just a bunch of liars who had fallouts with Nathan Wade and Fannie Willis. They have some vendetta. They can't be trusted. Okay, well, here's some evidence that is much more difficult to deny. And that would be phone records that show Nathan Wade was over at Fannie's house all the time before his hiring dude, were they doing a lot of work stuff? It sounds really weird hours, you know, like they, she, (laughs) this was the longest job interview ever. She said, why don't you come over to my house at like 10 PM and we'll talk about your lack of prosecutorial experience until four. And then you can leave (laughs) and uh, I'll have thousands of questions about how you are totally unqualified for the job, which we will exchange and handle over text message until I hire you inexplicably. That's how all of this went. Uh, court, in a court submission Friday, lawyers for Trump and his co-defendants provided cell phone data to show that Nathan Wade visited Fannie Willis's condo at least 35 times before he was hired as special prosecutor. That would contradict Nathan Wade's claim in court last week that he hadn't visited Fannie Willis's condo anything close to even 10 times before he was hired. Now, please excuse the uh, poor recording quality here. This was the best version of the clip that I had at my convenience, but you get the idea. Would you say that it was frequent? When I say frequent, do you think prior to November 1st of 2021, you were at the condo more than 10 times? No, sir. So it'd be less than 10 times? Yes, sir. So if phone records were to reflect that you were making phone calls from the same location as the condo before November uh, 1st of 2021, and it was on multiple occasions, the phone records would be wrong? The phone records reflected that, yes, sir. They'd be wrong. They'd be wrong. Okay. Oh, ooh. Well, <laughs> reminder that that statement was made under oath ooh. in addition oh, to sworn no. statements that uh, sworn statements making the same claims from both Willis and Wade. Now, so what are the repercussions here? Sometimes the term perjury trap, I mean, a perjury trap implies like malice, you know, like we're just going to ask you a bunch of confusing questions until you accidentally that was lie. really straightforward. That's about as um, direct and, and fair of a perjury trap as you could possibly lay. And I I don't know when these uh, Trump co-defendant lawyers got the phone data. It seems implied in that question that was asked to him the other week. Either they had it in their possession at the time or they knew they were going to get it shortly. And they just wanted Nathan Wade on the record saying, oh, no, no, I was never there. And uh, if cell phone data shows that I was, that would be it's uh, it's digital lies. How? How would they even manifest that? (laughs) Now, they're not denying the accuracy of the geolocation. They're saying that uh, Fannie Willis lives in a very popular area with great nightlife. And so Nathan Wade would just hang out there to, uh, you know, have 
artisan drinks and um, pick up other women, presumably. Well, it worked for Adnan Saeed and a number of other people (laughs) that clearly murdered whoever. I don't know. Maybe it will work for them. So he he just walked right into that trap, it would appear. And um, and yeah, so Fanny Willis as responded in her own motion to the court after this information was introduced. And she said um, the location data proves nothing because the area is densely populated. So to be as fair as possible, my understanding is they don't have him pinpointed to her exact address. I, I, I don't know exactly how the uh, phone data here works. They don't have him pinned to his exact to her exact address. They have him pin. They have his phone pinging from a a inside a geofence around her home. So like it could include the you know the whole city block basically something like that. So I guess there are other things that could be included in this in the location data, but it seems awfully odd that he would go out of his way. The nightlife must be just popping in this particular neighborhood. It must be incredible. So so that's what Fannie Willis says. Full of various residents, res, uh, residences, restaurants, bars, nightclubs, and other businesses. Now, in fairness to Fannie Willis, I could believe that he had another chick right next door. And he's like, <laughs> he seems like the kind of guy. Yeah. So if you're saying, well, there's all sorts of people live here that Nathan Wade might bang. I mean, I could believe that. There might be some truth to that. How low are his standards? Yeah. Very low. I mean, mm. I, I hope, I hope for Nathan Wade's sake that this was all a scheme on his part to get paid that that sleeping with Fanny Willis was just the price he had to pay to cash in on the public dime and that it was never authentically <sighs> holy cow look at that Fanny Willis i'm going to destroy my family just to get a piece of that no oh god i don't know maybe they had a lot in common but is that is that cynical perspective is that easier for you to swallow the story <laughs> uh, I'm phrasing that was a yeah. <laughs> it's much easier for Fanny Willis to swallow this story <laughs> let me assure you <laughs> I don't know I think that I'd, I'd rather think that like they really had something in common it was a it was a real romance and he just then got paid oh wow I luckily I cashed in on it what a lucky guy yeah because then you have the marital infidelity yeah. and then you have the the cynical perspective that he's exploiting taxpayers and I, I just, you know, I at least would like to think that that two people wanted to bang each other. And that it uh, was actually all for love. It just went awry. I didn't say anything about love, uh, but, you know, they are both unattractive black people. Maybe they just like really, really wanted to bang. What does his <laughs> wife look like? I don't think I've ever looked. I don't know. I've not seen a picture of his, of his wife. Anyway, uh, let, let, let's just throw all that location data out. And say that Fanny's right. Lots and lots of um, of reasons exist that he might be in this neighborhood. And so it's too unreliable. The, the location data, let's just toss that out. Well, then the question, what? You saw his wife? His ex-wife is so much better looking. Well, then it must be the money. It must be that it he- has. She's younger, thinner. In fairness, that's also a low bar. Like Fanny is no, old and fat. She's, you know, I'm not into black chicks, but she's pretty. She's pretty. All right. I got to look her up. Anyway, um, there's the there's the location data. We can throw all that out and say it's too unreliable, as Fannie Willis is asking us to do. Or uh, we could do all that. But the problem remains for Fannie Willis. The question of why were you guys talking on the phone so much? 
because it's not just the location data. Phone records also show Willis and Wade called each other more than 2,000 times during the first 11 months of 2021. So until he was hired as special prosecutor and exchanged nearly 10,000 text messages. Now, I'm confident. I've not looked to confirm, but I'm confident that my entire marriage was built on fewer calls and text messages when my now wife was living in California, when we were living in a long For distance sure. relationship. I, that is just excessive. In, in, even in that relationship, I don't think I called and texted that person that much, let alone a professional relationship, which is what they're alleging. But if you do the math in 11 months time, that's an average of six calls and 30 texts a day either way. So it's six calls a day. That's a lot. 30 texts, I believe. 30 texts. Maybe work related. If you're, yeah, maybe, maybe, but, and that's an average too. But the six too. calls, yeah. Like every day, 30, I guess it depends on the nature of your working relationship, but, and, and, but at the time they had no official working relationship though. That's the thing. Like what were they just friendly? She was not her boss. She was not his boss or something like that. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, what professional, right. what professional matters uh, were they discussing? One, one would like to know. And uh, as I mentioned, I I assume it was her her asking him repeatedly over and over again. So no prosecutorial experience, right? No, that's correct, ma'am. No prosecutorial experience. Not even once. Never. Never even (laughs) tried it. Never. Perfect. You're hired. Oh, you sent me. uh, I got to see the. I got to see his wife. Yeah, she's she's very, very pretty. She's uh, uh, that is a I mean, this picture might be old or something. I don't know. But that. uh, Yeah. This, this, I can't even make a comparison here. This is the downgrade is, uh, is off a cliff. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. If this is Head accurate, if that's a current cliff. picture, like, let me get this up on the uh, screen so people can see, I shouldn't just talk about it. Uh, if that's a current picture of his, his now ex-wife yeah. and he, he left that to get to Fanny. I I hope that's, you invest that's indefensible. that. I hope you invest that $650,000 wisely. <laughs> Well, but. now I hope that it really was the financial incentive. You've, you've changed my mind now that I've seen it. <laughs> it's the only thing that makes sense. So that's, uh, oh, and that's not, that's not Fanny Willis's only defense. It's not just that, uh, there were, there's great nightlife in the, in the neighborhood. She also said, well, I, the lo- the location data has to be wrong. Cause I wasn't there at these times when Nathan Wade was staying over at my house. Why? Because I had, uh, you can look at my calendars. I had meetings and stuff, which doesn't Wait, make she it saying that he was there by himself or what, what's the, they haven't really explained, but she provided calendar information and emails that show that on April 12th and April 20th of 2021, May 10th of 2021, she had meetings. Look at these calendars with my meetings. Okay. Number one, um, just because you had a meeting on your calendar doesn't mean that you actually attended the meeting that you can, you can not go to the meetings, but number two, the, the dates don't even line up. So what the, the, the overnights that prosecutors are talking about, so not prosecutors, uh, Trump, Trump lawyers are talking about the overnights. They're, they're saying she visited or uh, Wade visited the condo 35 times, including two overnights. The two overnights were September 11th and 12th and November 30th of 2021. Now, in fairness, November 30th would have been after the the hiring. But I mean, it's it's about the same time. Anyway, uh, they're saying you have overnights then. Fannie Willis, her calendar provides no alibi for those dates. Those dates don't even line up. There's nothing. These don't correspond in any way. 
So I don't even know what she's trying to prove with that. Um, yeah, so the, uh, if you want the specifics of those overnights, the Trump lawyers say on uh, on one occasion on September 11th, 2021, Wade's phone left at a third location in the Doraville area and arrived in the vicinity of Willis's Hapeville address at 1045 p.m. The phone remained there until 328 a.m. and could later be seen arriving in East Cobb. And this is the problem for Fannie Willis, too. It's not just that the location data puts him there overnight. Like, what, maybe Fannie Willis runs a phone repair shop and he dropped it off of there or something. Okay, but the problem is Wade stays overnight at her condo. The phone does. And then he makes calls and texts to her immediately after leaving. Yeah. They have record of that, too. Yeah. Similarly, he did the same thing on November 29th after receiving an 11th, after receiving an 1130 call from Willis. <laughs> And then he goes over and arrives at 1243 and remain there until 455. Hey, I'm all free. I can come. I can fix your cracked screen on your phone now if you'd like. And you can, um, I guess you can go hang out while I work on it. You can go hang out at all the excellent strip clubs in the area for which this area is known. It's great nightlife. You'll love it, Nathan. Uh, We'll keep it strictly professional. At, At this point, you have to be absolutely delusional to deny what is going on here. She hired her boyfriend to pay him a ton of public money. So they both could get rich together to go after Trump. Exactly. And they've lied about it and they've defrauded the taxpayer and they should face criminal charges accordingly. And there's still, there's still more evidence here. Um, I mentioned that, that uh, a lot of those witnesses say, Oh no, they were, they were romantically involved uh, from when they met in 2019. There's a report in Breitbart today that Nathan Wade led Fannie Willis's transition into the district attorney office in 2020 or late 2020, early 2021 after she won the election. Nathan Wade, according to the report, this is according to sources with knowledge speaking anonymously with Breitbart. So take it with a grain of salt, but you decide if this sounds made up or not. Nathan Wade made hiring and firing decisions after Willis won the election, according to multiple sources familiar with the Wade and Willis relationship speaking with Breitbart. This report says that Wade led the transition team of 10 to 12 people who interviewed and evaluated current employees to remain in Willis's office after she won the election. Wade was in charge of determining who of the 250 office employees would would remain with Willis. Sources described one-on-one interviews with Wade, who was, quote, too invested to be just a friend of Willis and hold such a powerful position. Not to mention, again, the guy is totally unqualified. Let's see. You've never prosecuted a single felony case. Would you come in and evaluate who's qualified to prosecute cases in the Atlanta Metro? I know. Why? What possible expertise does he have? And why would anyone take him seriously in evaluating prosecutorial talent when he's demonstrated none himself? The sources did not initially know who Wade was during the transition process, but they told Breitbart News they questioned why Willis would outsource the transition process to unknown actors. Why was he a part of the hiring process and making the decisions as to who gets hired and fired when he wasn't even an employee or authorized to be in the room? The source question. Well, now, you know, now, you know, but not only, not only is he a magical prosecutor, he turns into one magical expert prosecutor. He's also zip recruiter. He's like the best (laughs) HR manager you could possibly find. That's why they bring him in. Uh, And so that, that's an added factor too. Again, like, Anonymous sources say I get that, but like <laughs> how many how many different pieces of this puzzle do we have to see before we conclude 
what this is. And and so that brings us to the question of what the judge is going to say about it. You have two questions, really. Number one, will Willis and Wade remain on the case to prosecute it? That's the disqualification question. Mm-hmm. That's what the judge will evaluate. But number two, are they going to face charges themselves, which you would think they absolutely we'll see should. about that. They're stealing taxpayer money. They're lying to the court routinely, repeatedly. Um, as far as the disqualification question, uh, the, um, the, the judge has said previously he's not going to make a decision on that until both sides have had an opportunity to make arguments. The judge has scheduled that opportunity, that hearing for these arguments on March 1st. That's uh, Friday. So he will hear those arguments then. I mentioned this last week. I'm not an expert on the legal standard of when disqualification is allowed, required, all of that. But the judge said at the initial hearing on this matter a couple of weeks ago that if even the appearance of a conflict of interest exists, that's grounds for disqualification. I mean, you have much more than appearance much more than that. at this point. We have evidence of crimes. So it would seem very possible, not just that Fannie Willis gets disqualified, but that she and Nathan Wade get some sort of prosecution which they deserve, but we'll have to see where that goes. Of course, there's state investigations into them. We'll see if anything with more legal teeth comes to that. Uh, and if she does get disqualified, of course, the case doesn't disappear, just gets assigned to a new prosecutor, but that would cause significant delay. And um, it's possible that new prosecutor decides just not to pursue the case in part or altogether. I, I know that these people get away with a lot of stuff, I, I don't, I don't know. I, this one is so, so evidence. This one is so ridiculous. I think Fannie Willis, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen if they're going to get prosecuted, but if Fannie Willis remains in charge of this case and Nathan Wade, uh, I, I, I will actually be surprised. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I will be surprised given how ridiculous their behavior, their demonstrated behavior has been. Yeah. I don't know how the judge doesn't say, uh, thank you, but, uh, we're going to get someone else to, yeah to take a look at this. Anyway, of course, we'll be back with that. I'm sure there will be more developments on Friday. We'll probably discuss this every week. I I know it gets a little repetitive. And for people who maybe aren't into that story as much, I'm sorry if I've talked about it too long. But I I'm just I'm fascinated by this for its uh, like the Jerry Springer angle of it, the entertainment angle of it. But just the brazen corruption and how still something like half the country is like, yeah, well, but Trump, though. Okay. They didn't even they they were so brazen they didn't even develop a cover story. No, they still don't have one. They've yeah. gone with um you're racist if you have questions. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, that is like a pretty good cover story. That's the best they got. It's hey, it's worked this far though. So, you know, who can blame them? Okay. Time for uh some super chats. Before sure, I'm going to feed the baby. She's wigging out. Okay. Before I forget, uh I want to, I got to say thanks to iBot. For some reason, iBot's chat. Oh yeah. Say thanks to iBot. <laughs> disappeared on me. So, uh, but I, but I did catch it before the show. So thank you, iBot. We appreciate you very much. We love you. You're very special. Now let me see if I can, uh, well, let me get over to uh, rumble and then I'll hop over to YouTube and tippy. Uh, Dudenator says nobody is saying Democrats are the real racists, but people are saying Dems are the racists. As influencers, shouldn't you agree and weave a narrative of how whites are being genocided by illegals? I assume this is a follow up on uh, we had a chat of a similar theme last week, right? Um, well, I, I, I would say I don't know that I necessarily agree that I have an obligation as an influencer to weave a certain narrative. Well, I'm aiming for the truth, of course, not necessarily a, a narrative, but I would. Uh, if you're saying we don't talk about like anti-white sentiment or something, 
enough on the show. I mean, I would just disagree with that characterization. I think that pretty much every week there's discussion of how a lot of these people overtly or I don't know. I mean, it is pretty overt at this point. have overt disdain for white people. And I think that's pretty demonstrated. Um, I mean, we talk about those stories frequently, but if we don't talk about them enough for your satisfaction, I, uh, I'm sure more of them will be coming up. Thanks for supporting the show. Yakko 1977 says, why do we have a Supreme Court? They ruled that Biden can't forgive student debt and he does it anyway. They've ruled in favor of the Second Amendment numerous times, but the federal and state government trample it regularly. WTF. Um, because they are fancy lawyers who write pieces of paper. And I don't say I don't mean that to say I don't mean that to be dismissive in a, in a country that's supposed to operate on the rule of law. That law is supposed to have some fidelity to it and we are supposed to enforce it. And we're supposed to at least our politicians are supposed to swear an oath uh, to it and they're supposed to pay a price if they betray it. But ultimately, the power does not reside in the Supreme Court. It does reside in we the people. And I know that that seems like. It can often seem like it doesn't because we're we're trampled in all the ways that you describe. Uh, but ultimately, if we the people decide in the way the declaration explained that we uh, no longer consent to this government, we wish to abolish it. Uh, we do retain that that not just that right, but that ability. And I think the reason the Supreme Court uh, has a lot less teeth. I don't know if it has less teeth now than it has historically. It probably has more teeth now than it has historically, especially after you know, the, the, the whole concept of substantive due process and the expansion of the 14th amendment to mean literally anything under the sun, the Supreme court has declared all sorts of new federal law effectively that, that the States have had to abide by. So they, they have power if um, federal agents with guns, you know, come to enforce that power. But I think the reason that, uh, that it, it seems like it's lacking teeth now is because the decisions that they make that are viewed as, I suppose, conservative, when in fact, I think they're just constitutionally faithful decisions, those lack the will of the power centers to enforce. And without the will of the power centers to enforce them, they're just pieces of paper, even if they're correct pieces of paper, like I think the Constitution is, and like a lot of our country's founding is. But um, the, the answer is we've lost our will. And you can't replace that with uh, keyboards or pens or you know, the paper that they write on. So one way or another, that's going to have to get resolved. But uh, I hope it's uh, easily and I hope it's peacefully. And thanks for the thoughts. Over on uh, Odyssey, Rowdy Dude, <laughs> my obligatory uh, donation of the show and also his obligatory slur. Have a good stream, Matt and Blonde, and I'll catch the replay in the morning well thank you the n-word you know what the n-word is you can always go over to odyssey if you don't want to submit to the uh to the rules of raja mahan on on youtube you can count on a fully uncensored chat over there uh let's see let's hop into youtube and tippy stream let me get to the right spot here because i know it didn't capture ibots correctly earlier okay there we go um Oh, these are now reverse. These are in reverse chronological order. That's really weird. Let me refresh this. They're in the. Okay, there we go. It, it for some reason it 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 changed the order in which uh, they're listed. But now I got it fixed. Holden Mulray says, "Hi, truth seekers. There's a, a reasoning device called the five whys. Start with a premise and ask why that is, and then ask 
Y to the answer and so forth. Uh, a total of five times. Applying that to the open border, what do you get? Well, I don't even know if we need five. The answer is, um, I suppose, to the theme of the of the prior chat that we were just discussing, it's because the power centers hate you and they want you to uh, have a bad time, to put it nicely. Uh, they might even prefer you completely replaced to be a little more blunt. And that's why. But I certainly... Um, and I'm I'm open to the alternative explanation if you can show me a sequence of why questions that is anything but, because uh, I, I don't see that. But uh, but yeah, I, I love the method. It's it's uh, the fancy term would be the Socratic method. You know, always question everything. That's what you're supposed to do in sort of an academic setting. You use the Socratic method to ask why, why, why until we get to the foundational premise of any concept. But it's really the toddler method. You know, toddlers do the same thing. Why, why? 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 should always ask that why question until you get to the root of any concept. And that's where you find the truth. Zach Log the Great. Uh, I can't say that. This is the most horrifying catalog of racial slurs I've ever seen. What, what, what is this from? I'm shocked to my core and reconsidering my life choices. How dare you, sir? For more horrifying racism, look at Zach Log on YouTube, Gab, or WordPress. Oh, I see. You're putting words in my mouth. He didn't actually write a series of slurs. He just wrote a script as though that's what I was observing. Took me a second to get that. Sorry about sorry about the botched delivery, Zach Log. But um, you are welcome to, <laughs> to, to attempt that pitch, I suppose. Appreciate it. Thanks for supporting the show. Uh, Boogeyman, as always, says, uh, I doubt it. Thank you. Slosher. I doubt it. Hey guys, haven't caught you live to say hi in way too long. Good to see you both doing well. Matt, congrats on the new show. Blonde, congrats on kid number two. Uh, I'd still simp for you and your small, non-small hat like those. Uh, thank you. Hey, Slosher. No, I appreciate it. Some of us had a second kid also, though. Uh, some of us uh, are, had, had kid number two. No, I appreciate it. Thank you um, for your kind words. And... Uh, for supporting the show. Very much appreciated as always. And, um, and thanks for tuning in. We love you. You're very special. Tortuga been lucid dreaming lately. Pretty interesting. Curious if either of you have ever had a lucid, a lucid dream. So if I understand the concept of a lucid dream, it's just what it's a, it's a very realistic dream or what is the definition? Lucid dreams are when you know that you're dreaming while you're asleep. You're aware that the events flashing through your brain aren't really happening. Okay. So it's not just super realistic. You're actually aware that it's not real. You're aware that it's a dream. Um, I have had the only thing close to that that I've had. I can, I guess sometimes in my dreams, bad things happen. And I, in my dreams, I think, oh, it's okay. Cause it's a dream. I have had that before, but, but the worst thing, and I've talked about this in the past, it's not something that I um, suffer from air quotes suffer. Cause it's not, it's not that big of a deal, but when I was younger and, um, and especially when I had some, like a, a, a big event coming up that would give me anxiety, like a big test at school. Or, um, I remember experiencing this when I was in junior high football, cause that really stressed me out. I had a lot of anxiety associated with junior high football. I would have these, uh, sleep paralysis dreams. And these sleep paralysis dreams are like that where you're having dreams where you're aware of your actual bedroom environment. And it's like I'm conscious in the room, but I can't move. And in in a, a, one I still remember, I had some of these in college. I had some of them you know, when I was in junior high or high school. 
One I still remember, it's like I'm laying in my bed and I'm aware of my bedroom surroundings and my junior high football coach is in the, it's going to sound really weird. My junior high football coach is in the room with me while I'm sleeping and he's yelling at me, you know, like you got to hustle, you got to do this, you got to, you got to tackle better, you got to block better, whatever it was. Those are the ones. That, so it, it, it's, they're these sleep paralysis, terrifying dreams where you're in, you're aware of the room around you. And you're aware that you're dreaming and you're aware that you're sleeping, but you can't break out of it and you can't move your body. And it's a really terrifying experience. I never had like professional medical consultation on that. Mostly that just, that just went away. Um, but anytime I have like, I'm such a routine person, a routine guy that when I have something that interrupts my routine in that way, I have a stressful event the next day, I'll get sleep interruptions in that way. I don't get that sleep paralysis thing anymore, but, um, but you get sleep paralysis when I was younger and Oof, Tortuga has so to scary. Have you ever had an episode of that? I've never had it. My sister had it one time and she said it was terrible. It's very weird. And I haven't had it for a while. I got the last time I think I got it was probably in college. So it's been, you know, 10, 15 years since I've had it. But Tortuga was asking about lucid dreams and he's had them lately. And I, I, I've, that's the closest thing I've had is that kind of sleep paralysis stuff. Are you a lucid you get dreamer? anxiety dreams? Yeah. I mean, if I have a big event the next day, my sleep will be altered for sure. Do you ever get anxiety about the show? Um, I don't know. Every once in a while. It, yeah, I guess the, there <laughs> I've had a couple episodes of dreaming where you know, it's like any other kind of dream where you're trying to perform a task and you can't like it's time to do the show. It's time to go live. It's time to hit the button and I can't. Yeah. It's like it won't go live or we're not ready to go live or everyone's waiting for me. But I can't do it. I have it. those dreams too. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. I've had those a few times. But uh, oh man, or like where I um I had a dream last night that I threw the baby off like the top of a building. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Is that uh, the first time you've had a dream like that, or have you had? No, I have dreams like that every night. It's terrible. You and in the, in the dream, it was like intentional. It wasn't an accident. No, like where I, like I drop her, or huh. something happens to her, and it's my fault. Yeah, it's it's just it's just anxiety postpartum dreams hmm. terrifying terrifying let's see um let's just get a couple more and we'll uh return back to the uh to uh, the news uh slosher says if you are not a worshiper of the state over god then you are a christian nationalist it's yeah i guess <laughs> that's basically what she was saying yeah. it seems so uh, long dong john says matt if you think anything is going to happen to fanny except maybe removal from the case and probably not even that I have a time traveling DeLorean to sell to you. <laughs> I, I don't know. This one is so egregious. I have faith that something's going to happen here. But, you know, Long Dong, if um, if nothing does, you can you can tell me I was an, I was an idiot and uh, and I will fully accept that charge. But uh, let's stop there. I will mark uh, next up. We'll return back to two dogs. Mike D, if you want to mark, but I'll mark that myself. We'll get back to. Whoa. Uh, People are really being critical about my dreams. Do you guys have dreams that you just have no control over? I've definitely had, I don't, I haven't had dreams related to my parenthood in that way, but I've had dreams where I've committed acts of aggression against people. Yes. Like I've committed crimes or been violent. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's crazy that anybody would even suggest that you have some kind of moral culpability for the things that you dream that are a manifestation of parental anxiety. Well, it, 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 psycho in, in fairness to the, yeah, that's a big a big problem with uh with with moms going crazy and like being violent to their kids or being aggressive with their kids that's a thing that happens and it's not just like a personality trait well yeah but don't you have dreams that are also totally random too 
Yeah, I'm just saying like the 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 same reason that medical providers are concerned about postpartum depression is is probably the same reason you might have like a crazy dream about doing something oh, bad yeah. to your kid. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I haven't had dreams about my sons in that way. I just have dreams about like I don't know. I haven't, I can, haven't uh, all the guys out there had dreams about kicking a guy's ass or something like that? No. Uh, some like of you weird sexual dream. Everybody has had some of you like may that laugh happen, yeah. at the prospect of me beating someone up, but I assure you, in my dreams, <laughs> in I, my have dreams. An, I am an accomplished fighter, man. I kick everyone's ass <laughs> in my dreams. Uh, anyway, we'll come back to your uh, chats at the end of the show. Thank you, guys. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Let's get back into the news. Oh, next up is uh, speaking of terrible acts of murder. Well, uh, you know, it's it's, uh, it's, a, it's just a problem with women's jogging. Like I said, you just can't jog anymore in this country. This poor lady. Jeez. What, uh, what uh, are we dealing with here? She was a nursing student at University of Georgia, their campus in Athens. This happened on Thursday. 22-year-old Lakin Hope Riley found not breathing with visible energies and uh, injuries. That's what I meant to say. In a forest area uh, near the lake. And pretty quickly, the um, police department on campus arrested and identified Jose Antonio Ibarra as the individual responsible. He has been charged with malice murder. These are all charges that I'm confused by. Maybe you can elucidate the nature of some of these. Malice murder, felony murder, different charges. Aggravated Uh, battery, aggravated assault, false imprisonment, kidnapping, hindering a 911 call, concealing the death of another. I'm sure they're just throwing as much at him as they can. Uh, the but fel- malice murder and felony murder different. Yeah, felony murder would be like you killed someone in the commission of a different felony. That's what they got, uh, like George uh, oh. Derek Chauvin on. You know, so maybe that maybe they're so operating it was on the theory the battery. Like, maybe yeah, he intended he didn't intend to kill her, but he beat her ass and she died. That kind of thing. Oh, I see. Okay, that makes sense because I was like, there none of these are sexual crimes. Uh, no, is there an allegation that he? Um, no, I haven't read any allegation that, okay. that this was sexually motivated, but I, I don't really understand a crime like this in the absence of a sexual motivation. Yeah. Why else would a, a young man scoop up a young lady in this way? Yeah. You, you would think maybe the initial motivator was something like that. I'm going to try to get her into my car or something when she resists right. like a fight right, ensues. Right. And maybe the, maybe it just never got to the point of an actual sexual assault that they can demonstrate, yeah. even if the initial yeah. motive was sexual in nature. But one would assume, like, for what other reason does a for young man reason? approach a young woman yeah. this way? Um, police are saying it was a crime of opportunity. The oh. suspect had no <laughs> known connection to the victim. What a surprise there. Um, he was not a U.S. citizen. Police initially would not talk about it. But as it turns out, illegal immigrant came in under Biden through Venezuela. And he was arrested five months ago in New York, detained on September 14th in Queens for injury to a child less than 17 and not having a license. So he... He was so he was detained, released on that charge, injuring a minor. Yeah. And then not turned over to either not turned over to ICE or, you know, they didn't care. Or they're like, come back on this court date in three years. Yeah. And and he was like, OK, you mean go kill somebody in Georgia? Got it. Well, we were willing to forgive the child abuse, but then he had to go off and murder someone. OK. And then you have the reaction of the reporting on this. It, it, this completely ridiculous headline, or at least the characterization on Twitter from the Associated Press, the image uh, of this story is not Jose Ibarra's face. It's just a woman jogging 
And the headline, the the description is the killing of a nursing student out for a run highlights the fears of solo female athletes. It's what a, we we can't even have solo female athletes in this country anymore without them being scooped up and abused in this way. And if you if you um open the story from this tweet and you you scroll down, first of all, he is uh as we mentioned at the top of the show, he's just Jose of Athens, I think is how he's uh, he's described here. Let me, what do they say? Or from Athens. How did they, how, what did they call him? I think him? they said of Athens. Uh, what, maybe, maybe, or is that the, uh, is that the, the CNN story? Maybe I've confused them. Anyway, Jose from Athens. Uh, oh, no, no, it's, it's, he's Athens resident. That's what he is. It's just, he's Athens resident. Jose. He's not a resident. By definition, he's not no. a resident. Well, he lives there. That's what they mean. Not legal resident, but he, he lives there. <laughs> Athens resident Jose Antonio Ibarra is who is who got this poor young lady. But you scroll down further, and this is where it gets completely ridiculous. I mean, not that the headline wasn't already. They actually invoke Molly Tibbetts. Molly Tibbetts, of course, was the... Just another runner. The college-age jogging young woman in Iowa a few years ago who got murdered by an illegal immigrant. He's now in prison in Iowa, I believe after he was convicted recently, Christian something. I forget what the guy's name was, but you're going to actually invoke Molly Tibbetts and talk about how these young women are murdered while they're out on jogs. And you're just going to, you're just going to describe their jogging hobbies. You're not going to describe the similarities between the people who attacked and killed them in any way. There's that's why they're similar. It's just yeah. jogging women. That's what they have in common. Jogging <laughs> women. It it really is unbelievable. It's just just ridiculous. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how this theory works out. Once MS-13 takes over the country, as long as women do not jog, they will leave the women alone. It's it, that that's what that's what the cartel members really hate. They hate seeing Jeez. women jog as long as they're not jogging. We won't have this, this also problem. wasn't widely co- covered by media no. outlets. Yeah. I, I've seen the AP reporting on it. I've seen this CNN reporting on it that I mentioned. And and there's probably more. I assume there's some more, but it's it's not. This is not like front page of the New York Times type material. Uh, but but yeah, likewise, CNN. <laughs> they in the third paragraph, campus police say they're recommending charges against Jose Antonio Ibarra, 26 of Athens. Again, just. Jose of Athens. And if you scroll down paragraph uh, 14, go all the way down to 14, you actually get the relevant information. A little more honesty. The suspect does not have an extensive criminal history, according to the campus police chief. Ibarra is a resident of Athens, but not a U.S. citizen or a student at UGA, he added. Oh, well, thank you for that clarification. And yeah, as you mentioned, it's just this is not... um, this is this is the national news coverage that does exist in large part this is just viewed as like a local crime story oh you know uh, just another local crime nothing of national importance to worry about uh but that uh obviously yeah, but then they're gonna cover and misrepresent this non-binary so-called murder uh yes yeah are you ready to get into that or did you have any yeah, more to say no, about let's this do case it. this was okay outlandish as well let me uh, i bet oh. it's going to be a some kind of fentanyl overdose something like that well of course it fits into the hoax hate bit so and 
now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? Early this week, it was reported that a 16-year-old gender non-binary student at Owasso High School in Oklahoma died as a result of a beating sustained at school. This is a 16-year-old female identified as non-binary. Uh, this this person's name was Nex, uh, Nex Benedict. The headline in The Independent, Oklahoma banned trans students from bathrooms. Now a bullied student is dead after a fight. Now, spoiler alert, one has really absolutely nothing to do with the other. Hey, but temporality means that they're associated in some way. Bathroom policy is not at the core of this dispute. In fact, it's not even clear that the fight has anything to do with the death. But the claim is next Benedict, this 16 year old non-binary female student was was bullied at school for being transgender, according to this independent report, speaking with her mother. The bullying started as soon as the governor required trans and non-binary students like next to use the bathroom of their sex assigned at birth, according to the reporting and according to Nex's mother. So on February 7th, this bullying erupted into violence when Nex suffered severe uh, head injuries during a physical altercation. That was the claim, at least. Nex told her mom that there had been a fight with some older girls in the bathroom. Nex was knocked to the ground during the fight and hit her head on the on the floor. Nex was taken to the hospital for treatment and released. The next day, Nex was getting ready to go to Tulsa with her mom, and she collapsed in the family living room. She stopped breathing, and she died that night at the hospital. Mm. And of course, before any information was verified as to what actually happened with the death of, of this high school student, it became a weapon to get political opposition for progressive and trans activists. So, of course, uh, libs of TikTok... Kaya Reichick has to be blamed because not just because she's like anti-trans in her perspective, but because two years ago, Libs of TikTok posted a video about a teacher that was at this school district at the time, but really has nothing to do with this student in any way. The teacher's not even there anymore. But according to the independent reporting, well, Nex greatly admired that teacher. So somehow that means that this fatal that this this beating happened that that killed her which it's not even clear that happened. it's a major reach obviously to connect libs of tiktok to this incident in any way of course you have uh activist groups calling it a hate crime immediately before we even know what the cause of death actually was they linked it to hateful rhetoric spewed by leaders in oklahoma also to libs of tiktok among other social media influencers um and and you can see the goal. Uh, CNN CNN had a, a clearly sane um, trans activist on to demand the resignation of the the state superintendent. And uh, apparently, Haya Reichick uh, lives with TikTok. She serves on the state's library advisory board. They they want her out. So the state superintendent's got to go, and she has to go because reasons. Says this very sane person. We want the resignation of Ryan Walters, our state superintendent, and we want the removal of Kaya Raycheck from our state library committee. You talked about rhetoric 
uh, of public officials. How do you experience that and see that trickling down into the school setting? Anything that gets posted, especially on TikTok, so that's including libs of TikTok, it can get deep-rooted in our, in our kids and our community, all of this misinformation, and it can perpetuate hatred towards other people. Yes. Wouldn't it be a shame if misinformation got a hold of our children? It yeah, looks like really. uh, perhaps some misinformation got a hold of um, of this particular uh, man of size who believes he's a woman <laughs> in the 1940s. You know, I was watching. We'll get to Back to the Future in a little man of Back size. to the Future in a little bit. But one of the things that I liked about the movie without giving away everything I, I have to say about it, there's something about like the 1950s style that I just like. It's very cool. It makes everyone me look so dapper. He's wearing what like Marty's mom was wearing in in the movie. Uh, but okay, yeah, the, the, it wouldn't we can't have misinformation getting a hold of our children? No, certainly not. Um, you had Nancy Pelosi saying it was that actually it's not just libs of TikTok. It's uh, it's it's pretty much all Republicans who are to blame for this. She tweeted out on Wednesday, next Benedict's death from a brutal assault in their high school bathroom Uh is, is outrageous and heartbreaking. The anti-trans fervor fueled by extreme Republicans across the country is having deadly consequences for our children. We must stand up against anti-trans hate says Nancy Pelosi, blaming the entirety of her political opposition for this specific event in Oklahoma that doesn't have a formal description uh, just yet, or a formal understanding of what exactly happened. The, just to break down the claims in this tweet, at the time it was tweeted, and even now, there it's still under investigation. There's no demonstration that the fight caused her death. Nancy Pelosi is going to say it anyway. No demonstration that the fight was about transgenderism at all, in fact. And if you're really worried about things that are deadly for kids, Nancy Pelosi, see transgenderism. It's pretty yeah. deadly for kids. For real. Actually, the suicide rate is astronomical. So we don't have any evidence uh, that she had a traumatic brain injury. No. And uh, it's not just that we have no evidence. We have the medical examiner saying that through the police. And and as I'll get to in a moment, um, we have newly released police body cam footage of an interview with the young girl herself at the hospital. I understand head injuries are tricky just because someone doesn't necessarily look like they are messed up. It doesn't mean they don't have some kind of internal head injury necessarily. But yeah, as what we'll happened s- to Natasha Richard- Richardson, do you remember that? Uh, no, I don't know that case. She um, was skiing and she had, had like a minor fall or hmm. hit something. And then she like went about her business for a day hmm. and she just fell over dead from undiagnosed TBI. So I'm I'm not discounting this, but the real thing is that there's no evidence that the fight was even based on on, on yes. her status that in fact, yeah. there's evidence, not just evidence. She admitted to instigating the fight. We'll get to that in a moment. Right. Uh, so now the facts are coming out and, and it's very clear that this is not what it was presented as. Uh, first and foremost, on Thursday, police said with reference to the medical examiner's investigation that the cause of death for Nex was not physical trauma. So some other factor outside of physical trauma. Cause of death officially remains unknown under investigation, but it was not physical trauma, according to the medical examiner and uh, uh, the the police delivering that message. You definitely have lies about the physical condition in the independent story. Now, again, I will say 
Just because you can't see wounds doesn't necessarily mean there isn't some kind of internal head injury. But speaking with the independent, this girl's mom said that when she found her and took her to the hospital, she had she was badly beaten. Bruises all over her face and eyes. Scratches on the back of her head. Now, in fairness, in this clip, we can't see the back of her head. But this is not a badly beaten, bruised, visibly injured person. Um, and so, so this is a, a, a police investigator speaking with her at the hospital. Notice not just her physical condition, but as I mentioned, her description of the events that led to the fight itself. I was talking with my friends, they were talking with their friends, and we were laughing, and they had said something like, why do they laugh like that? And, and mm-hmm. they were talking about us, in front of us. Mm-hmm. And so I went up there and I poured water on them, okay. and then all three of them came at me. Okay, so you squirted them with water, threw water on them, whatever it was. They came at me, they grabbed on my hair, I grabbed on them, uh, I threw one of them into a paper towel dispenser, and then they got my legs out from under me and got me on the ground, started beating the shit out of me. Okay. So they said something to her and then she turned it into a physical altercation by throwing water on me. Yeah. Confirmed not just by her telling the police investigator that, but confirmed by text messages that have now come out. I'm not sure who she's talking to here, but she does say um, the fight started when she poured water on the other girls. Now, I get it. If you think that they killed her, that maybe there's a... Um, Maybe three people attacking one physically is not a proportionate response to a a water splashing or whatever the initial instigation is. But the point is, this clearly is something other than, oh, we hate her because she's trans. Let's get her, guys. No, this is a physical altercation that she initiated. Mm -hmm. And when you initiate a physical altercation, bad things happen. I'm not saying she deserved to die. Obviously, I don't, based on what the medical examiner is saying here, I'm not convinced that the fight is what caused her death. But it's when someone initiates a physical confrontation in that way, it's much different than like, oh, we hate trannies, so we're going to get you now. Okay, that that's clearly not what happened here. You can want and and you know that the activists, whatever the truth that comes out here, who knows what the official cause of death will be? Maybe it was something drug related. Maybe I guess there was some some head injury that the hospital missed. I suppose that remains possible. Who knows? Um, even if so, based on her physical condition, we can see she's not, she didn't get her ass beat like beyond no, recognition. Her face is fine, she started a, 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 this, even if, uh, even if the, the, the fight did play some role in her death, which remains possible, this looks like pretty standard high school fight stuff. You shove a person and everybody kind of piles on. And so even if, even if there's some relationship between the fight and what happened to this girl, which is very unfortunate, obviously, um, they're going to try to ruin the lives of these other girls, over these other this, girls regardless yeah. what the truth is, whether yeah. the physical fight had anything to do with it or whether she OD'd on drugs the next day or something, who knows, you know, whatever happened, she had the sicknick effect of the stroke the day after these people will go after the scalps of these teenage girls and try to ruin their lives for the great crime of engaging in like typical high school behavior where one click is kind of talking shit with the other. Someone makes it physical and they fight each other. That's all that happened here. It's not some great anti-trans conspiracy. It's, it's it's one group. It's one, it's one click of girls talking shit with the other click of girls. And one of them made it physical. And unfortunately, whether it was a result of the fight or not, you know, she, she had something awful happen to her. I hate to be a contrarian, but I do not know how the medical examiner could rule out an undiagnosed TBI. I don't know. 
That's even uh, if we examined her brain, would he even be able to tell? Non-trauma is the declaration, but but let's say there the let's put it this way: the only way I could see that definitive statement being made is if there's evidence of something else very obviously to the contrary. Right. Let's say that you do a toxicology, which I'm skeptical to believe that that's the case because that usually takes a long time to do. You don't get that immediately. Toxicology tests and results typically take like days or weeks. Do they not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. But let's say that he he found that she was George Floyded, uh, and she took you know, she she was on a massive dose of fentanyl or something. I mean, at that point, maybe you say this is not a trauma related thing. Mm-hmm. This is uh, right. some sort of drug overdose. So maybe. Maybe he has, he or she, I don't know who the medical examiner is. Maybe that person has information that is not public that would rule out the fight being the cause of the death. That's true. Uh, yeah. I assume there's or a maybe reason. Maybe she had track marks, obvious heroin yeah. overdose, or maybe this was like clearly a suicide. Yeah. And, and the, the reason I, <laughs> the reason I still categorize this as hoax hate is I don't believe anti-trans hate was the cause of all of this. It was a fight among high school girls mm-hmm. for High school girl fight reasons. That's it. I mean, that sucks. If the if the other girls did um, accidentally cause a traumatic brain injury that killed her, I mean, that that sucks for them too because oh. I'm sure that was not their intent, and they're going to have to live with just terrible guilt. I'm yeah. I that that's going to even I, even being associated with what's already happened, even if they had nothing to do with it physiologically, her death happened completely independent of the fight. Just the the trauma of being accused or suspected, it, it's going to damage these girls greatly. Oh, yeah. uh, no doubt. Okay. Aren't they protected? They're 16, right? I don't think that their identities are known, at least not that I've seen. Mm. But they are, get out eventually. they're about her age. They're high school girls. Um, they, she described them as older, so they must be at minimum 16, likely 17 or 18, I would assume. Mm. Well, if they're 18, we would know who they were. I suppose, yeah. So they might, they're probably like high school, sophomore, junior type age. Okay. Well, often uh, I, I I have more, and this one's a good one. Okay, you've often remarked that that hoax hate cases are pretty low effort, and I agree. In fact, we have one of those coming up. But that means that we got to recognize the high effort episodes, and I'm glad an emailer sent this to me this week because I didn't see it otherwise. I think this is one. This is a great high effort case. Some point we need to get an organized like, award system for the people who who go through. <laughs> all the rigor that this person did Um, because this is a, I've never heard of this concept in the art of hoax hate before. And that is the um, like the, the fake racist eviction. I assume what happened here is this landlord probably wanted to get rid of this tenant for legitimate reasons. reasons, And so, and so she said, my landlord is racist and he's trying to evict me because he hates black people. And she, she actually went through the effort of faking the evidence In Cincinnati, a woman has pleaded guilty to making a false racial discrimination claim against her landlord. Dermisha Pickett previously claimed that her landlord texted her and left her voicemail saying he wanted her out of the property because of the color of her skin. Pickett made these claims to a local news station in March of last year. She also used these messages as the basis for a federal discrimination lawsuit. Now, that was the big mistake right there, taking the fake evidence to the feds and saying, this man is racist to me. Please, I I need a, a housing and urban development investigation into this. That's how this happened. And actually, I suppose in something of a surprise development, the feds were like, nah, bitch. I mean, come on, like 
we we do everything we can to have your back in this kind of scenario, but uh, we know that that you lied here. Even as claimed, this story doesn't make much sense. Why would a racist landlord who hates black people bring black people into his property in the first place? Was he not racist at the start, but then they were so awful to him that he then yeah. hated black people and decided to get rid of them on the on account of them being black? Now, the irony of this is perhaps they willed that into reality. This guy was probably yeah. a, a very yeah. nice man. And then these these black these black tenants come in and make up this race story and file a federal lawsuit against him and all this nonsense. He's like, well, I guess I'm racist now. No, no more black tenants. <laughs> I'll never make that mistake again. This guy is thinking. The reason the the story doesn't make sense as told, though, like why would a racist guy bring black people in in the first place? It's because it, it it's not true. It, it, none of this even happened. Federal investigators looked at the matter. They determined that Pickett had faked the messages herself. She used a fake text generator. I'm not sure what that is, but does that does that send exists, fake text yeah. to your phone? Is that no? How that no, you can like create it's like an app where you create a conversation where you're both parties does it just but produce it screenshots like, or does it produce like a phone record it produces screenshots you would think you need more you would need the phone record with the phone company though hmm. i don't know i whatever this clearly was not thought through if she just turned over screenshots to federal investigators they, I mean, that was a mistake but she also used a burner phone to deliver the voicemail to herself which investigators trace back to to her here's some of the story in March, Dermisha Pickett threatened to sue her landlord, Sergey Briskman, claiming he threatened to evict her. Her attorney, Fanon Rucker, provided WCPO text she claimed proved Briskman tried to kick her out because she's black. If it doesn't make everybody who hears this angry, then folks need to check their posts. But after HUD started investigating, things didn't add up. This criminal complaint for Pickett says that she faked the texts and the recorded voicemail used against Briskman. Court documents show a forensic analysis of Pickett's phone identified data packets from two unique fake text programs that could not fake a time code down to the second. In the key texts, Seconds were all zeroed out, something investigators called highly irregular. As for the supposed voicemail. You don't want any African American in the house. Uh, I need you to hurry and give me my key. Investigators say that came from a disposable phone that, quote, in truth and in fact, that number is actually tied to Pickett, or a close associate of Pickett and not Briskman. I just can't get over how they tried to make him a polite racist, too. Like, listen, no, I just don't like African-Americans anymore. I know, no, he wasn't like, you get out of here, (laughs) Kaniga. Yeah, like, can you please leave Mr. African, Mrs. African-American? Yeah, I've I've had had my fill of (laughs) African-Americans upon consideration, okay? Pickett is now charged with making a false statement to federal officers. A conviction is punishable by up to five years in prison. I would assume this landlord has a very good defamation case against her, too. Uh, oh, but yeah. I don't I don't know if he wants to pursue such a thing again. Uh, I, I think I think she probably willed the monster into reality. The guy's a very racist landlord now. She she made him what she wanted. <laughs> I was like, I will never rent yeah. to another black person. All right, I got to hurry up because I got to make sure we leave it. I got lots more stuff I want to talk about, but I got to leave enough time for the movie review too. I'll just hurry up. This I spoke about lazy, repeated ones. All right, here's one that's probably that in Yorktown, Virginia. Maybe it's real. I don't know. Retired fire chief says his neighbors uh, and his neighbors, rather, they saw some rowdy punks spray painting swastikas in the N-word on the sidewalk and on their cars. 
Right now, those images, as you can see, they're gone. They're gone. And while they physically may have been removed, washed away by the county, the man who lives here who found them in his driveway says he'll never be able to erase them from his memory. Oh, it's there. It's, it's here. You know, that's, that's worse. Before this, it felt really safe and safe place to raise my kids. Ring camera footage captures some of what happened. You can see three people approach his driveway along North 27th Street Sunday night and appear to be spraying something on the ground. Smith says it was a swastika. Around the corner from him on North Jefferson Street, his neighbor found a swastika and a racial slur spray painted on two of their cars. Smith believes the suspects are kids or teenagers, but says age is not an excuse. The words that they use, the, the symbols that they use, they're old enough to know what it meant. His message to others, speak up when you see stuff like this. If you're not actively helping, you are silently participating. Okay. Um, unless I'm protecting his driveway, I'm basically the vandal myself. I get it. Uh, and you have to agree with everything he says politically, too, of course. Of course. Now, the thing that is odd about this case is that um, apparently the neighbor with the car here who had the N-word painted on it, that neighbor is white. So maybe it was random, like kids targeting random things. I, I don't know. I don't see a GoFundMe yeah. on this either. So maybe it is just punk kids. But if it is punk kids, obviously you shouldn't commit acts of vandalism like this against property, of course. But can we stop acting like if, if, if we know it's punk kids that there's some like murderous threat on the rise? Punk kids enjoy getting a rise out of people. This is the current way to get a rise out of people. If you know it's punk kids, don't give them the rise. Don't act yeah. like the, the world is going to collapse on account of spray paint. Although I just don't. Why did they spray paint the N word on a white person's car unless it was a, a, a random attack? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Anyway, okay. More effort, people. Yeah, I don't know what happened with that one. Uh, I'll have to... God, how do I even introduce this story? And I wish I didn't have to hustle through it because it's so ridiculous. But, man, I can't believe that this trans activist blogger, Robert Eugene Plummer, otherwise known as Kristen Piper, how did this all go wrong with uh, his autistic son in Ocean County, New Jersey? You mean I can't totally predict what's going to happen based on the series of photographs <laughs> based on the one photograph? Uh, yeah, if you need more than one, yes, that's probably true. You, you don't. Uh, the irony of that dead name, Mr. Plumber, turns out his family was in desperate need of a plumber this whole time. Kirsten Piper is a 45 year old man. He has a 10 year old son who's autistic with his 45 year old wife, Amy Plumber. Now, as far as I understand, these are the biological parents of the child. But as you can see in this image of the young man in the original reporting through Redux, uh, he's wearing a shirt that says, I love my two mommies. So <laughs> I guess dad is a lesbian with mom is the premise here. That's what they've led him to believe. Now, this um, is not actually strictly about the gender stuff. It's about the way that this house was run. And it does get very gross. Just prepare yourself for this. If you're not the person who... Um, does does well with thinking about i don't know an entire house full of actual shit which is what we're dealing with here uh at school the nurse and and others at the school had 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 noticed some ongoing concerns about the boy's hygiene he was very smelly i didn't know why you know some everyone sometimes you had those farm kids in school who maybe they worked with the hogs in the morning and they were smelly when they is that what's going on with this young man with the two mommies is he a hog farmer (laughs) 
I don't know. Let's send someone to go check it out. So the New Jersey Division of Child Protection and Permanency uh, investigated the case. School officials contacted the agency in December about this very smelly kid. And when Child Protective Services visited the home, they found the bathroom was, quote, covered in feces and Home Depot buckets. Those are the, uh, I would assume, the big five-gallon orange Home Depot buckets. Those were filled with human waste throughout the hallways of the home. So it's not just that the toilet wasn't flushing. It's that they had been filling Home Depot buckets with shit because the toilets weren't flushing. When investigators spoke to the boy, he indicated that there was a sewage problem in the home. Some sort of problem that does now not allow the toilets to flush properly. So instead of getting the problem fixed, the parents would simply wait until the toilet bowl was full and then scoop the contents of the bowl into these buckets. And uh, that would probably be why the boy is very smelly, you might think. It's actually worse than that, though. Because the boy says he hasn't been able to bathe for a year because the bathtub is actually full of shit, too terrible amy Plummer admitted to investigators that there are plumbing issues and said she would she would try to take the boy to the nearby convenience store to poop when he needed but that wasn't always possible hence the buckets and the bathtub method apparently this issue has been present for almost two years since march of 2022 she said the family has no income she's disabled she's not been able to hire a plumber dad this trans activist kirsten piper allegedly had taken control of the situation, but he had prohibited mom from hiring a plumber to fix the pipes. So I'm not clear from this reporting. Did they not hire a plumber because they couldn't afford it or because tranny dad has, has disallowed it? I don't know. Dude, did CPS get involved? Oh, they, yeah, it was the CPS investigation. Now they're both in, uh, arrested. The child was immediately taken from their custody. They're arrested on okay, child good. endangerment charges. Um okay. Tranny dad, unclear what he does for work, but he does run uh, an Instagram account called Puzzling Moments, where he posts photos and videos about the intricacies of raising uh, of transgender parenting of an autistic child. All the complications, which apparently lead you to fill your entire house or apartment full of actual shit. Oh, this is Um, awful. The kid's never going to have a normal life. So, yeah, according to Redux, uh, parents are arrested on charges of child endangerment. Uh, I don't know what exactly happened to the boy, whether he is in uh, state custody or whether maybe he's with family of some sort. It doesn't it doesn't describe in here. But. um, But uh, as the saying goes, anything is better than this shit. Godspeed to that kid. Do you think he's really autistic? I, I mean, how could you not have problems living with these parents? I don't know what his issues are, but I'm sure he has some. Is he the twenty? Is it the twenty twenty four definition of autism, where he's like just weird because he has weird parents, or is he actually retarded? Uh, well, I uh, whatever he has, I'm sure these par- these parents brought upon him. Uh, that that would be my guess. Mm. Uh, this story, <laughs> I just an actual fraudulent. Okay, let me back up. Whenever we talk about attacks on trans people disproportionately it is cases of fraudulent blowies. It is a man posing as a woman engaging in a sex act with another man. The man then realizes he has been, he has received a sex act from a man and a beating or a murder occurs. That is a lot of the so-called anti-trans attack. This this is actually worse than the fraudulent blowies. It's worse. Well, they got him. They got it in Canada. They're bringing him to justice for the sexual assault. Yeah. I can't believe it. So on two separate occasions in 2020, Tony Sphere, 
tricked two men into believing that they were talking to, to a woman online, invited them over to his house in Toronto to have glory hole sex through a sheet hanging in a doorway. Now these men, because men will just stick their dicks in literally anything apparently, did it. And then they got blown by this dude and then were having anal sex with him. But they thought that it might be a vagina. So they were just like, I'm just going to go with it. What? And then both of them like looked behind and saw him wearing, obviously it was a man wearing a black wig and reported it. I see. Okay. So this detail confirms it was more than just, um, it was more than just the fraudulent blowy. It was, it confirms that it was anal. It was anal. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. (laughs) My question is, how are you confused? How? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Now, (laughs) if, if you mistake a vagina, a butthole for a vagina, then like, can you make this claim of fraudulent blowies because you're clearly a homosexual? I assume uh, they had the wisdom to use protection and maybe they were confused on that. Basis. I actually don't know. They didn't put that in there anyway. Uh, so this guy was convicted um, to two counts of sexual assault, given that the victims have been misled about the identity of their sexual partner. And he is sentenced to 28 months in prison, 14 months for each count. And he's going to be on the sex offenders registry for the next 10 years. I don't think that anything should have happened to this guy. What? You? Yeah, I don't think so. If he, you meet somebody online, you go over to their house and you stick your dick in a hole. Then like whatever sucks your dick, that's on you. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't okay. give a, like, a, I, what, I, what am I supposed to say? Sexual identity problem. You stuck your dick in a hole to have anonymous <laughs> sex with somebody you met on the internet. You consent if, to if what's a rat ev- bites, ev- bites your dick. Yeah. A rat bites your dick or like what a, your dick gets chopped yeah. off. I don't care. This, okay. You have what's coming to you. You deserve it. You know, we need a Judge Judy spinoff of Judge Blonde Glory Hole Adjudicator. <laughs> uh, we need to get to the, I don't know. I don't know, man. I agree that it is. You don't. You don't. You just don't do that behavior. You don't know what's on the other side of that hole. Also, I get glory it. holes are a fag thing. <laughs> but. If someone misled you, if someone told you affirmatively, I am a woman on the other side. And then why I, the glory hole? Why? Because I guess they uh, there's some appeal to not being able to see this person or something. No, that's not what it is. It's in that situation. You have to think like if this is a woman, she's so disgusting, so brutally grotesque that she's, she's trying to hide her identity. Anyway. Yeah. And if you don't care who's doing it, then like, why? Why would it matter? It's that they found out. That's Why really the problem gay? here. All right. Maybe you've convinced me. I just, I think there's got to be a penalty for the deception too. And there was deception here. There Can was everyone... a deception because they were agreeing to anonymous sex just because you found out who it was <laughs> and no longer made it anonymous. You know what? These people violated the agreement that they had by looking. Uh. <laughs> The agreement was for anonymous sex. They're the ones who anonymous. breached the contract. They breached the contract. They should each be sentenced to 14 months. Okay. How about everybody sentenced? How about everyone goes to yeah. now? The, okay. In closing, the one thing I want to know, cause I didn't think about this until you brought it up in the history of glory holes. I mean like the dirtiest San Francisco glory holes. Yeah. The history of that has a rat ever bitten a dick through a glory hole has anyone suffered that faux show well for sure (laughs) how do you think aids started i suppose do you have a more plausible because a monkey oh that's right it was dr fauci there was an episode of the shield where a glory (laughs) hole guy was putting mouse traps on people's dicks (laughs) 
Yeah. It was a All, really good episode of The Shield. That also show deserved. Awesome. If you get mouse trapped. Yeah. yeah. That's not assault. Okay. They really investigated that crime. And I was like, guys, <laughs> why? Or how about if you become a glory hole prankster in this way? How about the chompy teeth? You know, those card like cartoony chompy <laughs> teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do that. Jesus, man. All right. Well, you know, I can't wait till until the day I have to um, to teach my sons the dangers of such things. Never, ever do it. Although, um, you know, and since I know my parents are listening, my dad never had to teach that to me. I just I had the wisdom not to to try it out. So that's really good. Yeah. I hope to never <laughs> have to have conversations like this with my daughter. Thanks, mom and dad, for never uh, for raising me never to have such temptations. I suppose. <laughs> Jesus, man. must hate us. All right. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> last, last topic on, uh, various transgender happenings and we'll get into the movie review. You know, often wait, we wait, s- before, do you know what Kino means? Everybody's been saying this. What the fuck does this mean? Kino? Yeah. I saw somebody just say it in the live chat. How do you spell it? K I N O. No, I feel that- like these, these youths. No, I don't know what youths, that is. I feel like they're passing me by and no. I don't understand what they're talking about. It's, that's too cool for me. I don't know. Mm. Let me know. You know, often we see these statistics that right wing white supremacist violence is the greatest threat of political violence to our country. Mm. And you wonder, well, how the hell could that be? We got like Black Lives Matter riots and Antifa assaults and they're burning entire blocks to the ground and they've killed dozens of people. There are plenty of left wing shooters, too. Like, how could it possibly be true that white supremacist attackers are the biggest not to mention islamic extremism and all that all right well the way those stats are crafted is of course by thinking of creative ways to exclude the inconvenient ones and who is the best in the business at that that would be the craftiest out there at the adl and the latest example from the adl on political violence that doesn't count is of course the nashville transgender shooter from last march the adl just released their annual report of extremism on 2023 detailing still doing this Yep, we got all the extremist incidents from last year. Nashville shooting is not in there. And recall, not only was the shooter transgender, but in her manifesto, she ripped on white people and and white privilege. There was a political motive in there. The ADL has concluded that this case does not show, quote, any clear evidence of extremism. The ADL says the manifesto has not been officially released by police. Of course, it was leaked through Steven Crowder. So there's no specific evidence or credible evidence of political or social motive. But then they kind of go back to the the manifesto to say it, it might even be right wing violence, actually. It's not oh. clearly left wing violence because she used the word faggots in the manifesto. The ADL cites, quote, hateful epithets directed at LGBTQ plus people in the manifesto. So that doesn't count. It's not any kind of like. Isn't that like a black person saying the word? I don't know. If this tranny, if this tranny says faggots, it means it's right wing violence or something now, or at least not clearly, you know, transgender or progressive violence. Incoherence uh, and contradiction didn't stop the ADL in other contexts, though. The report does include the Allen, Texas mall shooter, Mauricio Garcia, a Hispanic man with a swastika tattoo. He's white supremacist violence. That's how they <laughs> pump up that part of the report, too. Okay. Anything else before we get into the movie review? No, let's do it. Okay. I haven't seen the video face swap. Oh, oh, no, hold on. I hit the wrong button. Okay, good. I almost hit the rating button. Oh. Oh. In a world I almost gave it away of too movie soon. references flying right. over his head, one man will finally watch them. This 
is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. Tonight's movie is the 1985 sci-fi classic Back to the Future in which a teenager accidentally drives back in time while fleeing terrorists and must find a way to return without erasing his own existence by having his mom fall in love with him. Uh, I have a typo in my own... I were having mom. I forgot his in my review. Jesus, who's who's my editor? Me. That's right. I need to, I need to fire me. Fire him. <laughs> uh, no movie commentary. Uh, no movie picker commentary this week, because of course this was a random selection after the list was rejected in the vote two weeks ago. As far as the AI face swaps, now I never got this good at guitar, unfortunately, but I still like the look. Uh, and I was thinking this hat, this would be fitting in North Idaho. You could wear this around town. No one would even uh, ask any questions. Uh, it's you, true. You make a good doc. Yeah. As far as the video face swap, well, I get to be doc. If we could somehow harness this lightning, channel it into the flux capacitor, it just might work. Next Saturday night, we're sending you back to the future. I like how I just become, um, oh, what is his name? Michael J. Fox. Michael J. I almost called him Michael J. Parkinson. <laughs> uh, Shaky McGee. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just become him again. Like the face swap just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> I felt I, I thought I looked like a, a respectable Christian nationalist founding father. That was like uh, George Washington Christensen right there. You're going to age well. Yeah, that'd be great if I end up looking like that. Anyway, uh, as always, your review and your rating. I can't believe I hadn't seen this, but this was such a fun watch. I love 80s movies. The pressure to appreciate a really highbrow film is totally off. You can just enjoy something like this is a goofy 80s comedy so easy to watch and but it did have some interesting themes okay among them what would all of our parents have been like if we met them when they were younger like every i think everybody thought that and so i thought that was an interesting topic to explore um and then how much are you able to really change the course of your life by interacting with your younger self i think that it was it was a positive thing that like you you truly can influence people for the better if you get them on the right track at the right time in their lives so i like that too um, I don't know. Mostly I just had a good time watching it. It was a more positive time, more optimistic time for filmmaking <laughs> and for kind of taking me out of the cultural drudgery that I voluntarily immerse myself in on a daily basis. Um, I gave this movie a four out of five. Is it really worth a four out of five? Probably not, but it had massive cultural implications and that's why we're doing this segment. Right. And it was fun to watch and, and I liked it. So I gave it a four out of five. Right about in the same area. Uh, for close to the same reasons, uh, I mean, it, it. there are, as you can imagine, there are questions about some of the premises that I have. I'll try not to be too annoying, but there are a couple that really stand out to me as like. There are some major plot holes. Yeah. Like um, major plot holes. Space time continuum plot yes. holes. That, like I couldn't. Yeah. yeah. But it, it does seem hard to hate this movie. Like, yeah. like sit around, and I mean, hate it in the way like I hate watching this. It's not funny. It's not enjoyable. I don't like any of the characters. This is not that. And it's strange because on paper, um, this movie seems like it might, it just seems like it has a lot of conflicting premises and it might not make sense. But in practice, you get very well-performed characters um, in combination with some really cool aesthetics like the DeLorean and it just works. 
So it's really carved out a, a niche that that few others have replicated. And so I, I appreciate it for that. It's just a fun watch. I love the Libyan terrorist bit because, of course, I, I knew the general idea of the movie because it's such a I've never seen it either. But like a, it's called Back to the Future. It's so culturally influential that I get the idea like he got sent back in time. He's going to go. Ha- he's going to have to go back to the future, as the title implies. I didn't know that there was going to be like a Libyan terrorist murder with guys in VW a VW bus and an AK like that was kind of shocking and yeah. it really set a, an interesting tone for the movie. Cause I thought, well, I thought I had this movie figured out, but did not expect that. And I just, I like that it was a time that you could make fun of militant Islam or other things. It just, it, it struck me as very politically incorrect, but it was yeah. still wholesome while it did it. It was kind of self-aware. Um, I'll get to some of my disputes with the, the rules of the time travel in a little bit. But even in its own contradiction, it, it was sort of self-aware. Doc, of course, when when Marty gets back to 1955 and Doc meets him and believes him, he says, well, you've got to stay in the house. You can't alter anything because it's going to change the future. I and talked then he, to my mom already. <laughs> but, but then not only that, he just like goes out and does all sorts of stuff, some of which is not relevant to keeping his parents together. And then Doc, of course, in the end betrays that own rule of his he looks at the note he saves his own life with the with the bulletproof vest and marty's like well what about all the changing the future and the, the space-time continuum ah, i figured oh. what the hell and i i kind of <laughs> liked that the movie i know a critic could say well you just you just did a 180 and then like dismissed it and there's a part of me that is receptive to that criticism but i sort of liked i take it that the movie is recognizing that it's got a lot of kind of competing concepts and it's just looking to entertain you rather than have every and didn't want to address them. Yeah, like These are yeah. very intense concepts of physics that are things we don't even fully understand yet. These are like the, the, you know, big brain science that we don't really know how it works if it does even work at all. So I appreciate that it didn't try to like get too in the weeds about that. It was just like, ah, come on, just have some fun with it. And all right, fair enough. I love the question of if you could know the future, would you? And the answer to me is, is philosophically, if you could know, say how you die or something, would you want to? The answer to me is clearly no. And that's not because you shouldn't be future oriented and plan for tomorrow. You should, but that's different from living with fear of tomorrow. And I don't know how you could possibly live without fear of tomorrow. If you know exactly what happens. And And I have to reject the premise anyway, too. Because to accept that premise is to say that tomorrow is already written and that we are mm-hmm. powerless to write it ourselves. And if I accept that premise, then there's no point in working hard. There's no point in trying. There's no point in doing the right thing. There's no morality at all if you know if, if what is happening tomorrow is already set. So I just I reject that premise, but I like to think about it. Uh, of course, I'll credit the origin of the meme. Your kids are going to love it. I mean, I don't need to explain it, but anytime we get a, a meme reference on the show. I like that. And I liked the the Chuck Berry song scene and, and that whole bit. Now, as far as um, things I didn't necessarily like, man, I get I'm not trying to pearl clutch about the incest angle like, oh, my God, I'm so offended. But man, did they go hard on that? Like you got mom dressed down, like get absolutely jumping on her son. And her son has this whole plot to assault, sexually assault his own mom to bait his dad into saving him. It's it's not like oh I'm I'm so bothered by that morally although I mean I I think it's fair to be it's but like, did it's, you have to it's like you could 
I get the premise that mom and dad have to stay together so that Marty's family and Marty's life itself remains intact. You could have gone about it in like a more sly way where he figures out a way to get them together without being like the direct matchmaker in the way that he mm-hmm. was. And I think you could still maintain a lot of the funny premises and, and the core of the movie that way. I also think it would make more sense with a point that I'm going to get to in a moment about. Um, well, I guess I'll just get right to that point. Why don't Marty's parents remember him? Okay. They Marty was their matchmaker. He's a key part of their origin story. So much so oh, that then I, he grows up and they're like, huh? They, they don't even. Yeah, hey, remember true. that guy we named Marty after Marty? Oh, yeah. Isn't it weird that Marty is him? <laughs> That's just weird. Okay. How, how do they not remember him? Yeah. Yeah. If so, if Marty had instead pursued a more sly method of keeping his parents together, even though he had already met his dad incidentally and stuff, they wouldn't have the same memory of him and it would be a little more believable. And you could avoid this kind of weird, like, I'm trying to sexually assault my mom and my mom is trying to jump me. And like, okay, I don't know. I mean, I get that people, there's a comedy angle there if you think it's funny, but I think I would have preferred that whole plot line written a little differently. In all yeah. honesty, but okay. The other thing I don't like the incest ab- thing. Yeah. The other I thing I game of Thrones just for that reason. <laughs> yeah, I suppose the other thing that makes no sense to me about the, the rules of the time travel, in addition to, to Marty's parents, not remembering him as their matchmaker. How are there multiple Marty's and multiple DeLoreans? So Marty heads back to 1985 with 10 minutes to spare so he can go and save doc. But then he's late to the scene because the DeLorean broke down and he gets there and there's other Marty with other DeLorean going through the same scene. Okay. Is time travel revision or is it duplication? Because this scene now implies the latter. If we follow that logic, well then what's the need to get Marty's parents back together? If Marty, if that Marty is already set in time and he can't be altered, are there then two different sets of Marty's parents, one which is together and one which isn't? Or, right, which obviates the need to uh, to change the future. And then what happens yeah. to the original Marty who he watched just go back in time? Does he go back and relive the whole plot again and then show up? And now there are three Martys who show up to watch. Uh. There are two Martys who show up to watch the first Marty. So there are three. And this just cycles until there are infinite Martys at this mall parking lot. How does that... How can no, there be? You've you've made a, a terrible error by watching this movie and being too smart. You needed to have a baby, become mentally retarded, and then watch this movie <laughs> so you don't think about any of this stuff. The way, and again, there was, I think there's a pretty easy way to fix that scene, and you could probably poke holes in this too. But I think it cleans it up a little bit better. He gets there and he sees Doc get air quotes murdered, but there's no Marty there, and Doc would still be there because Doc is expecting Marty. But Marty's late because he's late from 1955 or whatever. The Libyans would still show up because they've tracked Doc down. They just shoot him and leave. And then Marty shows up and, oh, is the bulletproof vest? And you read my note. And that, there's a lot. I just would. It would have made more sense to me if there's no second Marty and second DeLorean reliving the same plot. Hmm, I see. So that okay. that didn't really work for me. And then like <laughs> just a small point. Uh, Biff all but tried to rape Lorraine or at minimum sexually assault her times. Yeah. And I get why in the original timeline, George Marty's dad might work for Biff because if he's been like bullied by Biff his whole life, it might be the only prospect he has at a good job is working for Biff because Biff has tried to rape your wife. But in the revised timeline, George is successful and rich, but he still hires Biff to work on his car. Why? Like, Oh man, humiliate him. But 
Is it really humiliating if you hire him for work? I assume he pays him. He's not a slave. Yeah, it's humiliating, of course. Well, this is all payback for the time that you you tried to rape my wife or sexually assault her. Very kind of him. Uh, Anyway, I, I ended up in the same spot that you did. I gave it a respectable four wiki rating. Like I said, it's just it's classic Americana. It makes me nostalgic for the 80s, which I didn't really live through. I was a toddler and the 50s, which, of course, I didn't live through. It just those it makes I know it's a fictional presentation, but it just it it makes me long for an America that was a little bit doesn't exist. Will never exist. Yeah. Yeah. There's another typo in man. I put two. What am I doing? I need you're to. Double, you're double fired. I need to fix my process here. Anyway, the uh, as, as far as the audience rating, uh, let's see what the early voters gave it. Everyone's giving it a five. So we've actually underscored 60% of the early vote gave it a five wiki. So we've underscored it. And not a lot of hate. One, one two wiki vote, two one wiki votes. So very little hate in the early, early vote for this movie. Uh, next week, we got Hot Fuzz. And uh, I have seen Hot Fuzz before. So, and, I, and of course we saw Shaun of the Dead. Well, I forget when that was, but mm. by the same guy or people or, you know, those British comedian guys who make these movies. I forget what their names are. After that, uh, it's up for your vote. Of course, the remaining nominees for March uh, from listener Matt are The Book of Eli, The Boondock Saints, The Road, Nobody, Frailty, Jackie Brown, First Flight, or of course you can't... First first flight i just wrote this wrong fist fight that's in, this is in my notes i got typos in my notes too fist fight i got it right in the review fist first flight fist fight <laughs> or of course you can reject the list in favor of a randomly selected top rated movie instead and as a reminder if you'd like to um oh another reminder if you'd like to discuss the movie with uh listeners fellow listeners the uh the dedicated channel in the discord is available for you for that purpose as well that's linked in the review as well but if you'd like to read the movie review, uh, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie, and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do all of those things is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com or mattis.gay. All right. That'll do it. Let's get back into the... Uh, to the... Uh, chats here over on uh, rumble addicted to drums christian nationalist fund thank you I, we've got our own congregation now so might as well embrace it laser 47 so a girl caught up in trans stuff started a physical fight and dropped dead the next day testosterone question mark yeah i mean i i, I don't Maybe. know i don't know i don't know what if any medical intervention was made on behalf of the non-binary and or transgenderism but maybe maybe there's some connection i don't know thank you laser uh, we're good on Odyssey. Oh, you know what? I forgot. I forgot to uh, open the D Live chat. My mistake. Uh, so let me open that up, and then we'll hop into YouTube and Tippy Stream. We are sure. good over on D Live. Beth Ann, Board Troll. Thank you guys for supporting the show. Let's get back into uh, YouTube and and Tippy. Uh, where did you leave off? Two dogs, Mike D. I'll grab that one. Oh, Lefties are. I gotta reload. Lefties are the ones always talking about rogue governments violating other people's basic human rights. So if their governments are the only ones who can write them, 
then there's no problem, right? Well, <laughs> I guess there's kind of a, there is some logic that flows there. It's like, if they're the ones who decide what basic human rights are, then it's only other people who could possibly violate them, not them, would be the idea. Yeah. Very convenient, yeah. but you're probably onto something. Um, uh, Wicked RCL. Blanks don't sound or feel like a live round. A normie would be able to hear and feel the difference. Really? A normie? I don't know. But ain't it a person? It's too late for that. Also, Blonde missed the niggly wiggly last week. <laughs> Careful. But yeah, that, that's the technical term for the piece of paper in um, in the, the Hershey's Kiss is uh, niggly wiggly. Oh, really? Yeah. Was this when um, I was feeding the baby? He said the N-word. Yeah, I've never handled blanks myself, so I don't know. I don't know how they feel know. compared to a live round. Uh, but if you're telling me that it's very clear, that the difference is very clear, uh, I'll take your word for it. And I would assume someone with, I would assume someone with set experience, even as an actor, would would know the difference. Like you're not the armorer, you're not the gun expert, but if you've handled these before, you would know the difference, presu- presumably. But I don't know what the what happened with those accidental discharges, whether those were blanks or whether those were live rounds. Yeah, there's probably clarification yeah, somewhere. Know. But. We might find out this week. Um, Eggy Jet Pilot, no, no, thank you, sir. Oil King, could you please talk to Tenet Media about the RSS of the long live videos, long live videos? Why mm. did I say long live? Uh, there better be a billboard of you and Tenet pays for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I tooted one squat. Wait, what? Uh, I forgot about the I tooted bit. Thank you, Oil King. Uh, there is an RSS feed for the audio. If you want to do podcast audio, you're talking about you want an RSS feed for the live videos themselves, the video feed. I don't even know how to do such a thing, to be honest. Um, not that I'm a tech expert in everything. There's probably, there probably is a way. I just don't know how. Um, tell you what, Oil King, you can send me an, t- send me an email with exactly what you're looking for. And perhaps I can figure out a way. Because, uh, of course, mm-hmm. we're all looking for ways to distribute the content in, in ways that people want to consume it. So if that's an easy thing to do, I'd be happy to uh, accommodate you, but uh, I just don't know exactly how to do that. So send me an email and thanks for supporting the show. Tron man 64. I've started watching the channel for the beautiful blonde stand for Matt's <laughs> level headed thinking. Now I want more blonde opinion. She is spot on. You know, what? I used to be a lot smarter back <sighs> in the day. I will not be besmirched in this way. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, whatever, whatever reason keeps you around. Uh, I'm, we are, we are That's more true. than grateful for. So thanks for supporting the show. And I think that it's time for me to start making my own content again. Wow. Well, you toyed with that idea weeks ago, though, and it didn't happen. Well, I, I did have a baby three and a half. I remember. But that was part of the, the calculation at the time. Yeah. I, gotta, I, I need to get down to like 130 pounds. And then I'll start making content. That's Get probably a Botox. Yeah. That's probably quicker than you think, though. You know, you put uh, you, you put a little bit of. Well, when are you cleared to do? Because you're not six weeks removed yet, are you? Mm-hmm. So I you're not even cleared for, for like workouts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. Um, but you know, your uterus doesn't even go back to the same size for two months after birth. Hmm. Like this is just such a process anyway. So I need to like get in my headspace and rebrand and see what kind of content the people want and what I want to talk about. Well, what do you think? Are you thinking back to interviews? Are you thinking like uh, commentary no, I, videos or what? I want to, I want to get back to the, my old style of, of making videos, but it has to be something that I care about. Yeah. And it has to be something that the people care about. Like I look at YouTube now and it's like a 
barren wasteland of like the five people that remain and two of them are black. I'm like, how am I even going to manage this? What? Yeah. <laughs> like if I were black, I'd be like, sweet. Well, I'm just going to go balls to the wall and say whatever I want to on YouTube. But like, I'm going to have to seriously think about. Oh, I, I was like, I, I don't understand the relevance. You're saying it's they They are enabled to say more things on account of it. Well, we're I sure. See. Okay. The stuff that I've heard come out of Candace Owens mouth. I'm like, oh my God, I, if you were white, you could never say that. Well, the great daily war, daily wire war is coming. I think we all know that there are contractual obligations, but one day it's into the octagon, Candace Owens versus Ben Shapiro. Put them up. That day is coming. No, I'm saying if I had the impervious cloak of blackness, I would stay on YouTube in perpetuity, but I'm going to have to move to rumble or something. I don't know. Tortuga says, I've heard several people say that Michelle Obama is going back on the ballot in November, and I, for one, am excited to have the first black man in the Oval Office. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Obama doesn't count. Well, does Obama count as a gay man, or does he not count as a man? You're saying Barack was a woman? He doesn't count. Or does he not count as black? Does he not count as black or not count as a man? I'm confused. Both. It's either. He counts as a white chick. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Esoteric Unbound. Looking forward to the Trump sniffers defending his continued bragging about the greatest, most wonderful vax ever developed. He's unable to shut up and just uh, and just as full of crap as Dementia Joe on the top. I know people on the right just want to forget that Trump that Trump launched the entire vaccine initiative. Yeah, like, I, are we just going to forget about this shit? I think the the only thing I could say in I'm not disputing the core of the point. The only thing I would say in fairness is that there wasn't the effort to exert the federal force that Joe Biden exerted. There's a there's a distinction there. But there's certainly a political tone deafness about like bragging about uh, Operation Warp Speed and what a wonderful product it was for everyone. And all. I, I grant that in full, and I'm not trying to uh, relieve. He's got him of that, major boomer qualities. Of that criticism. Yeah. Well, the other kind of uh, the other recent cringe moment from Trump, uh, at least I thought it was kind of cringe, and I was going to put it in the show tonight because I thought it was in his victory speech in South Carolina, but it was actually the night before, so I thought, well, it's not strictly relevant. He went to the um to the black conservative conference uh on friday night in south carolina at least i think it was south Mm -hmm. carolina might have been elsewhere but anyway he was making it he was he was speaking to a black conservative event which okay that's fine whatever uh but he made the appeal of black people support me now because they see that i've been targeted by the justice system in the same way they have and i thought it was such a cringe point not because I dispute the idea that he's been targeted by the justice system but because you're granting the premise that disproportionate incarceration rates are racism undeserved or like there's there's not a a reason behind that yeah um which i thought was just it was the sort of racial it it just was it was really cringe racial pandering and i I didn't like it but uh, um whatever that's okay uh i gotta Um, refresh jonathan prezios i missed the beginning of the show but i saw you guys were talking about how big fanny how about super mayor tori story tiffany uh, I, I I haven't talked about that yet. I don't know that much about it. That but that story is getting crazy, if not more crazy. I should check into that maybe on my own this week because it's some. I, I don't know that much about it. I should have looked at it in more detail myself. You're right. It's um, there's a mayor. She's a an African American female mayor. Oh, mayor. Mayor, and she has been crazy corrupt in her office. And there was something about like, oh, 
I can't remember all the things that I, I, I have to, I can't speak about it cause I forget all the details, but she was trying to get, she was trying to like ban the businesses of the people who didn't vote for her or some, some craziness. And of course, when she was caught in a bunch of lavish spending of public money, she was saying things to the effect of like, you can't handle, you know, a black queen like me. And that's, you know, that, that kind of stuff. I got to check out this story. I don't know that much about it before I misspeak, but it does look very interesting. So I'm going to take a look. You can't hear that, can you? No, I didn't hear anything. My baby's freaking out. Uh, Tortuga says, I've heard several people say, I already read that. Thank you. Lover of green. Um, Matt, are you aware of Cobra cast? It's mega live stream hosted by D-Day Cobra. His reactions are funny as hell. The chat is fire. Love to see you on there someday. Hashtag Trump 2024. Um, I've heard of them. I've never watched. I, that's the first I've heard of it. Maybe if I saw it, maybe that would jog my memory, but I don't, I don't know it just from the, the text. Um, but thank you for the recommendation. And uh, of course, if they, if, if I was uh, invited on, I would certainly consider it, but uh, thanks for supporting the show. I appreciate it. General grievance, long time, no chat, got a new job and the time very rarely works, but I always catch you the day after on audio. Matt, could you call my brother Kyle a gay prostitute? It really make his night. Uh, Kyle, you are a gay prostitute. Yep. That's a message for Kyle, the gay prostitute. You're a gay glory hole prostitute. prostitute. Yeah. Thanks, Kyle, and general grievance. You are gay. Knuckle hunky buck. <laughs> Matt and I once made love, but it was really distracting having his football coach in the room yelling at <laughs> at me the whole time. At us the whole time. Uh, yeah, I, I know it was weird. That was a really stressful one. Uh, that time, you know, where my football coach wouldn't get out of the room. That was. Uh, you want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. <laughs> that, was, that was the right when you joined earlier. I don't know if you caught that part, but that was one of my sleep paralysis dreams when I'm, you know, talking like 14, 13 year old me, something like that. My my junior high football coach is yelling at me in this in this dream. Okay, so why is that fine? But when I have anxiety dreams about throwing or dropping my baby off of a building i'm shitty I, i'm not i'm not the one who was saying you were shitty for the dream i blocked all the people in the what life. well no th- this is this okay sorry dad all um, right this is just so ass as always if you have a dispute with a block you know when you block somebody in a live chat they just unblock them after the stream ends. oh it's not permanent no there's no. a permanent list on my channel maybe you're hitting the wrong button or something or maybe maybe they've changed something as always if you are blocked from the chat and you disagree with the decision, just send me an email and ask me to unblock you. I'm that's fine. I, I, I'm actually very um, understanding of these incidents. Don't the one thing don't do. Don't send me an email with like five paragraphs about how I'm a free speech hypocrite and you'll never. (laughs) And it's like the fact that blonde blocked you in a moment of rage indicts my entire philosophical history then it does does. then i'm gonna say i don't care but if you come to me in good faith and you just say hey i blonde got mad at me i got blocked i say okay what's your username i'll go unblock you no don't do that handle Um, it in good faith i'm more than happy to take care of you jonathan prezios um so matt is saying he went to penn state wow that's interesting sorry you set (laughs) yourself up that's a deep joke but uh it's worthy it's worthy of the rim shot you get that one right me no oh penn state you don't know the penn state reference does the name um jerry sandusky mean anything oh yeah oh yes Yes, that's the penn state reference oh okay but i did in my sleep paralysis dream i did not have 
Okay, what Mike McQueary witnessed in the shower, that didn't happen to me in, in my sleep paralysis. Well, dream. if it had, I wouldn't judge you my, if it was a dream. Mine was totally innocent. He was saying you need to, you know, run your sprints faster and you need to tackle better. Come on. Is that kind of it was purely football. All right. It was uh, legit. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Greg Olson, I would like to suggest a fifth Sunday in March movie review for Easter. Mel Gibson's The Passion of ah. Christ. Oh, and congrats on the baby, Rebecca. Thank you so much. Um. I would love that. That's great. We could do that because we do have a fifth Sunday in March. And as I recall, isn't the last Sunday in March Easter Sunday? Yeah. All right. I mean, we should do that. I'm I'm on, you know, normally I don't like to make decisions on air, but I have no problem with that. If we agree on that, then sure. Sure. I'm in. Uh, Good. Good suggestion, Greg. Trump's solution to the solo female athlete crisis was right. Build a wall. The Biden administration isn't doing anything to help the SFA crisis. Sanctuary cities undermine the safety of solo female. Athletes. Yeah, that's true. Even if you grant the premise of the solo female athlete crisis, it does seem exacerbated by particular border policies. Though in fairness, the last solo female athlete incident of high, of this high profile was the Molly Tibbetts incident. And that happened under Trump. So yeah, true, 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 true. Trump is also a part, a he part didn't of come, this. He didn't come in under Trump though. When did he come in? That he had guy. been here for, I think, 10 years. Wow. And and this, um, wait, so you're saying the guy who killed Molly Tibbetts had been here for 10 years or this guy? No, no. This guy came in under Biden and the guy that the guy hmm. that killed Molly Tibbetts had been here, I think, before the Trump incident. I might be wrong uh, about that, but okay. I'm pretty sure. Dutch Schaefer, Matt, for the love of God, how do I get that shirt? I appreciate you guys. You can't. I, there, it, It's around. It's um. If people don't remember, this is a Chattanooga Lookout shirt. It's my favorite minor league baseball team, the Chattanooga Lookouts, which became the target of uh, racial ire uh, a few months ago. Uh, I, the the team, I don't know. The team, I think, caved and stopped selling these shirts, or at least they did briefly. They did. Didn't somebody get that for you, like on eBay? The second that the controversy broke out, I went and purchased one from some like third party T-shirt printing. I'm pretty sure this is actually unlicensed. It might even be illegal merchandise because I don't think this is a team licensed T-shirt. <laughs> so just go to like find it on like one of those T-shirt printing sites. It's probably out there. Um, otherwise I'm sure you could find the graphic and do your own unauthorized printing on a custom t-shirt printing site too, do it. but they're available. Um, Chattanooga lookouts, Nuga shirt is what you want. Mint 20 white women, all the whites in general really need to understand that we're currently on the wrong end of a low intensity genocide of our people and behave accordingly. I, I don't understand how people cannot see this at this late stage. You're wait a minute. Just so but, I understand. He's asking, we, we have to, we have to convince white women with a reasonable argument. Is that, or is that the game? Yeah. Oh, okay. Why, why listen, good luck with the, the white women, uh, arguments. You, you got to go Sean yeah. Connery to solve that problem. It's the only way out of it. You really do. Not that I think Lo- Mint would disagree with that premise. I think he would actually agree with me if I would, if I was, <laughs> I'm probably characterizing him. Unfortunately. He said, I didn't say anything about reasonable <laughs> convincing of them. I said, get them in line. And if it uh, takes, if it takes a, a gesture that has that same sound effect, then you got to do what you got to do. I don't know <laughs> Long done, John. You might want to watch hot fuzz at least twice. I'm not doing that. Not just for the greater good, the greater good. But because the amount of tiny details and clues you get during the film, which tell you the ultimate outcome is insane. Hmm. This is one out of two. Is there another one? Yeah. Suffice to say, if you hate movies that treat the audience like retards, you'll love 
hot fuzz. And if you don't like it, I'll buy a mug from the merch store and make a milk first cereal. No, I mean, that, I'm banning you from the chat forever. If you do that <laughs> kind of bullshit. Now I I've seen the I'm movie not watching before. any movie twice. As I recall, I had a positive opinion of it, but the last time I, I saw it when it came out in 2007, when I worked at a Hollywood video rental store, just, I was the Nathan Wade of video rental stores. I've never seen a movie in my life. Why do I work here? Actually, the reason I worked there is because I, I handled video game ish uh, rental thing. You know, I was what you do stuff about. So. I knew a lot about video games. Yeah. So there was a reason to have me there. But when people can, you've seen this new movie. No, I have not. But I did watch Hot Fuzz in pursuit of trying to be an informed um, employee of the video rental shop. And of course, I liked uh, Shaun of the Dead, too. So even though I say there's no such thing as um, British comedy, in general, the producers of these movies have performed for me. So no such thing as there mostly is not. Uh, das Pooch. Haley really went full Hillary with that Southern accent bullshit in her speech after losing South Carolina. She did. Roasty cringe lord needs to learn when to quit. And blonde, welcome to Nat So Smoke Show status. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Oh, I better hustle through these. My baby is freaking Oh, poor thing. Um, two dogs, Mike D. If someone tells you I'm a woman on the other side, that straight up means they are not a woman on the other side. I know. Wouldn't you just be instantly suspicious just based on that? Wait, what? What is this a reference to? The the glory hole situation. Oh, oh, of course. I'm. I was thinking on the other side of an argument or a concept. No, the other side of the physical barrier. Yes. Right. Thank you. The USS Liberty incident. Kino is often used as shorthand for kinography as a joke classification for the highest tier of film. Ah, unfortunate. Oh. I'm disappointed in both of you. For not being autistic enough to know the reverence, the reference is what he must have meant to say. Uh, re, I, I didn't know, but Anglin uses it all the time. And I'm like, what is this guy talking about? Um, Knuckle Hunky Buck, with all the typos in your movie review, I have to ask, who hired your editor? Was it Fanny Willis? <laughs> yeah, I apparently am the Nathan Wade of editing copy, too. Uh, yep. I, I have no defense. I have no defense um, other than to say there's, no defense, there's yeah. excellent nightlife in my neighborhood. And I was distracted by it when I was supposed to be proofreading my movie review. Yeah. Slosher. I like how in the eighties Biff's timeline where he's a loser is him having his own successful small business, getting paid by a guy whose wife he tried to sexually assault. I know I got to reload. Um, can you take the next one? Yeah. Uh, Esoterica unbound time travel stories long ago because, or wait, Time travel stories long ago became the last refuge of talentless hack writers that said this flick and Bill and Ted delightfully flaunt all the obvious logical contradictions inherent in the concept. Yeah, I, 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 it seems like it would be really hard. Maybe people are critical for interstellar, maybe for some of that, where it's like, there's some time travel concepts there that get really hard to follow. And it gets very complicated, even though I liked that movie. When you try to treat it too seriously, sometimes it gets annoying and hard to follow. So I, I sort of, even though yeah, I don't like when a movie kind of is like, it doesn't make any sense, but just go with it. That's annoying itself. It just worked in this case. It was entertaining. It was fun. What can I say? Um, uh, Bocephus. Six Hexenhammer has been promoting Biltong, a South African meat product like jerky for a while. Now Elijah and Tim Pool are promoting it. Who I support, Matt, whose meat is best? You got to go with sticks, right? Uh. I'm not going to make a comment on that. Decide who has the best meat for yourself. Not go hungry, Buck. Blake, uh, blanks feel noticeably different when you're holding, when you're the one holding the gun. There's no mistaking the difference when you're the one who had the gun 
pointed at you. I, I ah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I, we should ask uh, Helena Hutchins. Well, the one living guy. Hey, what was the difference of when you were <laughs> when, when Alec Baldwin shot the live round that one time? Yeah. Yep. Uh, come on, Brian. I don't know why, but blonde putting her hair up like that was such a turn on. I don't know. No, same thing. Also, congrats on still being hot after two kids. It's crazy. I still managed to look hotter than my 25 year old friend. That's not true. A 36 year old woman who is one month postpartum cannot compete with a fat 20 year old. I just can't. I'm not trying to. I'm a married. Fat 20 year old. I'm tired. I, I don't know what to tell you. My body is so trashed from this birth. Like my ass looks like a of the trash bag full of cottage cheese. It's a fucking disaster back there. It's so bad. I mean, one day I hope to be a solid six. <laughs> That's funny. It's not funny, Emmeline. <laughs> you did your number on me. Annalise, way more of a number. Um, I think we have one more. I got to reload. All right. Oh, she's freaking out. I better boogie after this one. Um, Mint, to be fair, white women will fall in line when there's strong leadership from our men. White men have really failed in our leadership role. Truer words totally. have never been spoken. Yeah, there's often that debate about like who's more responsible for the conflict right now, um, sort of modern feminism or men for kind of enabling, allowing all of that. I don't know. I mean, I think both are parties to that. Both play a solution in resolving it. Men have to take a, a leadership role with their women and women will be naturally responsive and receptive to that. It, it the joke is kind of like getting women in line and like <laughs> like the the reality is they they fall into line by their nature and by their own consent voluntarily. Totally. Women yep. naturally follow men. They they find happiness in that. Men find happiness. You don't even have to beat us very much. Yeah, oh, it's not it's not required. Right. Just a strong leadership role. All right. Um thank you Mint. And uh, I appreciate meant. your support for the show. Looks like we're set on YouTube and Tippy. We're good on Rumble. Oh, um, <laughs> over God, man, over on Odyssey. What else? Mike Hawk four twenty blazing. Blonde doesn't even need Botox. Also, the N word like fifty times. That's that's what you do on. That's what you do the on the N word. You know what the N word is? I think we're uh, all set. We look good on D line. Thank you guys well. so much. We really appreciate. It. We will see you next. Sunday. Of course. Thanks everybody for your participation this evening. Appreciate your. Mm. That's the wrong button. How about this one? There we go. Appreciate your participation in the show this evening. Your live chats, your uh, live views, your support for the show with the super chats, keeping us in line with the latest hip terms of the kids, all of that. If you're listening later on demand, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. Uh, if you'd like more to listen to, again, including my uh, Wednesday night show, I've had a couple great interviews lately and more coming up, uh, past episodes of this show, some other material you might not find on YouTube, head on over to the podcast page of my website, mattchristiansonmedia.com slash podcasts. All kinds of great material to listen to there. Anything else show related, you want to read the movie reviews, you want to pick up a t-shirt, you want to uh, send us a message and tell us how stupid we are, mattchristiansonmedia.com. That's where you find all those things. We'll be back next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, it's not me, the press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great night. Bye, guys.